Hey there, folks. What do you know? It's the Uticast, episode 224. Uh, joining this week, uh, meteorologist, TV personality extraordinaire, Jill Reel is back once again to get us ready for fall and get us excited for Halloween. Plus, we have a big announcement with Maiden Utica's Justin Parkinson, so stick around after the interview for how you can be involved in our new secret project. Uh, also this week, history lessons. We're going to talk about... Oh, wait, i got to look at the notes. Well, you'll, you'll hear the notes when we get there. Uh, all sorts of stuff, national news, local news, history lessons, all that and more, folks. We are happy, as always, to have you here on the Uticast. Uh, oh, yeah. Good run. What was it? Seven, seven, eight weeks in a row. Heather was here without more than me, I think. <laughs> more just yeah. a couple. Well, we found ways to get you both on last week. Sure. But, yeah, but uh, but Heather is not here, mm-hmm. so we can go back to giving her a hard time, I suppose, about not being on the show every week. I never stopped. So, <laughs> welcome back to the show, folks. It's the UCast episode two hundred and twenty-four. Uh, the first, second episode of autumn. Since it's turned into autumn, I don't know. I tried to get Jill real. September twenty first is the first day. So how many have we had since the twenty first of September? That's the two. equinox. Two, maybe. Who knows? Well, either way, it felt like the right time to bring back on GFOP uh, Jill Real WKTV, aka the Real Deal, to talk about uh, some fall stuff. We talked about the weather changing. We talked about uh, we talked about a lot of stuff. Jill's a great combo, as always. Talked about Adam Nolan a lot. It's always a good time. I have no doubt. <laughs> um, and. You know, it's uh, it's been a, kind of a wild week on my end. Yeah, yeah, it has. Well, first off, let's let's start with you because uh, I, I hate oh. to start with myself. All right, because then I feel like we get off track. Sure. How have you been? How's your how's your week treating you? No more complaints than usual. <laughs> no more nothing on your mind. I nothing? mean, I mean there's, uh, you know, we we've all got grievances. You know, we all do the best we can week to week. But yeah, it's been a pretty good week. I'd be nice if the weather was a little bit better, but you know. Mm. We're getting there. We're surviving. I don't mind that it's getting colder. I'm just sick of it being. I'm sick of it constantly feeling like it's like nighttime during the day, like where it's all gray yeah, and you don't want to do anything. You're out like running errands and it's raining. And I don't mind. Like like I said, I don't mind the cold. Give me a sunny. I'm ready for the sunny fall days. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, where it's yeah. like it's the sun is out. It's shining. You're still wearing a sweater. Maybe you got a jacket. You got some boots on. That's all good. But I need the sun a little bit. I missed the sun this week. I don't have, uh, in my classroom, we don't have windows. We're not directly next to You don't to have it. windows in your classroom? We're in the basement. I'm not on the bottom floor. Damn. So it's tough. I don't see a lot of... Oh, that's rough. I had no so idea. Yeah, that's got to be... It's got to be a tall order. Tough I think one. I would have a tough time working down in the basement. Uh, I want to go real uh, meta for just a moment, uh, because I have a question that I think will lead to a greater discussion. Uh, last night, you and I were watching uh, WWE's product, Hell in a Cell. Sure. Uh, and for not for the sake of not bogging down the conversation, yeah. something happened last night in the event that got wrestling fans and wrestling Twitter very angry. People were very angry about wrestling last night. You might have seen it on Twitter or social media. Um, and I thought about something like you know when I watch an NFL game, right? Because right. it's like a live sport, right? If it's a if it's a shitty game, which lately it seems like a lot of them have been, 
I don't feel the need to, like, tweet at the NFL and be like, what's up with your crummy product? You should fix this. On a flip side, if I'm watching a television show, like a, like a, like a sitcom or, like, a, a drama show, if I don't like the way the story's going, I don't generally feel the need, if I don't like the way something's going, to, like, voice my anger. Yeah, you don't because you're not a lunatic, but a lot of people do. I suppose. But just, How many people just got out there when they were upset about Game of Thrones? Everybody does this for television shows and movies. Yeah, but Game, of Thrones, but Game of Thrones doesn't actively react to the audience having a bad reaction to it. It's a show that's written, and if people like it or don't like it, it exists in the ether, and it's there, and it was the writer's decision. Because wrestling is almost like a live event, and like a live sporting event, the sort of negative feedback loop can actually impact the product in a way I don't see with other television well, shows Well, because they have, they have to trot it out every week. It's mm-hmm. more like a Saturday Night Live style of thing that yeah. they do. But it's um, even still Saturday Night, Live, Saturday Night Live has off seasons and different yeah. stuff like that. Yeah. But like I mean, they have to go out there. That's why it's different than it's certainly different than sports because with sports, the, the whatever's happening is just what yeah, just the reality of it. Yeah. Um, and then with like with TV shows, like you know, you shoot a season and that's it. Or if you put out a movie and people give you this feedback, you can't go back and make changes to try to honor them. But when you're Trying to pull off something live every week, yeah. you know what I mean? And you're doing one a week no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. You know, it's almost like with this show, honestly, that we do. It's like with the podcast where we do this show every week. Mm-hmm. And so if for six weeks in a row we were getting feedback from, you know, all the people that, that we get feedback from the most, you know, people that are listeners, people that are fans of the show, whatever it might be, they're telling us for six weeks you got to change this, you got to change this. We have the opportunity to do that mm-hmm. because yeah. we do this every week. But that can also lead to you overcorrecting, and you know sometimes you get too much feedback from people, and you're second guessing everything you do, and you're mm. trying to put too fine of a point on that, and people see through that as well. So, it's yeah, a balancing act. I just think wrestling in particular is like a weird, interesting sweet spot. I mean, like it is that it's it's on television, it is on social media, and it does pay attention to social media in a way that other things do. So it really does. You really can affect the way the show goes if you're a fan in a way that I can't think of another product that sort of allows their fans that sort of input whether for good or for bad mm. i just thought it was interesting that was my my thought on it i couldn't think of another one if any of you folks can think of another one tweet at me let me know i thought wrestling was a good was the only one i could think of like that what where the fans can make a difference yeah i guess podcasting was one i didn't really think about something weekly like that maybe snl is like another one but like i, I can't think of another show where it so directly can impact well, I mean, the day-to-day product if i it could, but does it though? Also, well, you know what I mean. Like it's a good point too. I don't know if it actually does. You know, because that's and that's one of the things. A lot of times, there's so many voices now that nobody's voice gets listened to, really. Because yeah. there's always so many people clamoring on Twitter that a lot of times the people that have a point just get mm. lost in the scrum. That's a good point. Uh, Want to get to something else? I didn't mean to go that far. I just thought it was interesting. Uh, so two things this weekend. I got. Uh, I have a wedding coming up this weekend, so I'm going to be out of town this weekend coming up. I'm playing at a wedding this weekend. Oh, nice. Are you playing yeah. at the wedding I'm going to? Because that would be very convenient. Uh, I doubt it. I doubt <laughs> it. I'm playing somewhere. I'm playing at the Otisaga Hotel in Cooperstown. Ah. Should be, it's a really nice place. Like mm. One of those places you walk around and you're like, oh, damn, the founding fathers were out here uh, recreating and having leisure time. This doesn't seem like the kind of wedding that I'm going to that would have a live wedding band. No, certainly not. Way too cool for like, way too cool to pretend that, yeah. Yeah, I believe, there's no chance. I believe, as a matter of fact, that GFOP uh, Techno Bad Guy, a.k.a. Thomas D., is the DJ. See? <laughs> See? That'll be a great wedding. That's Who perfect, I, though. Good for them. That's a that's a good good move. Also, Thomas, 
please call me because we need to figure out whether or not we're sharing a hotel room, not to get too personal on this podcast, but I'd like to know just for my sake of making plans about how much money I have to give at this wedding. Mm, I see. How much, what's your standard, not that it makes a difference because they don't listen to this podcast, what do you give when you go to a wedding now? 100 bucks. You give money? 100 bucks? 100 bucks. 100 bucks. Yeah, yeah. It's the only time I'm giving you, man. I'm not giving you, you're not getting a birthday card of money from me. I might get you something here. There. <laughs> this is it. Like, this is the one. Yeah, you pay, yeah, you just 100 bucks. Try uh, to. It seems to be the standard. Uh, and one last one before I have a couple quick news is uh, uh, news stories. I my grandfather's in the hospital this week, and you know mm. he before I get people like saying messages, being like I hope he's seems to be he's gonna be okay. Seems yeah, to be that's good. Right. I mean, right, we can realistically anytime you're in your nineties, in the hospital yeah. is never no, it's never right. where you want to be. <laughs> uh, but that was the thing I was thinking about actually. Uh, you know, he's he's ninety seven years old. Oh right? my god! Which, is, which considering like. You know, it, people ask me, you know, is he is he okay? Is he confused? I was like, well, yeah, he's confused. Yeah, he's pretty confused. But if I was ninety seven. I'd look around the world we live in today and be like, I don't know what's going on. But here. he's kind of confused even before he was in the hospital. He's confused. Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. he, it's one of those things. I don't know if anyone's ever had this happen with a relative. He does not recognize me. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like he's and even when he does, I think he's just pretending that he recognizes. Yeah, definitely. Me. Uh, definitely. And I'm not offended by it in any particular way. I've had that way. with, like, I've had, I've had family members who live to get, like, very old, like, deep in their 80s <laughs> yeah. and 90s and start getting into dementia. And, like, you can tell everybody's just polite about it because, you know, you don't take it to offense, but. It does make me feel bad. I had an aunt growing up. Shout out to Aunt Marie. Passed uh-huh. away. Lady Aunt Marie. She had uh, Alzheimer's. And mm. she is, like, the reason that I'm terrified of Alzheimer's yeah. because as a kid, I had no idea what it was. And right. because of her affliction and the way that it affected her i was so scared of her right? she would just repeat the same things over and over it's, again it's creepy and, yeah and i didn't get it right and i and in hindsight i i sort of wish i had known better so i was really i was really lucky and i think that like you know something that before i had to deal with it my own grandparents and you know my grandmother's pretty good natured because like you go with alzheimer's it goes one of two ways usually yeah. people some people are good natured and some people have a really tough time and really struggle um, but when I was a young kid, my mom used to take care of this older lady on weekends um, who was a really nice lady, but she had Alzheimer's. And mm. so my mom explained it to us because we, we would go over there sometimes. When we were like, you know, five and six, she's like, hey, you know, Mrs. Stone, like she forgets things sometimes. She's got this thing called Alzheimer's. This is what it is. So it might seem silly, but like it's okay. And then I worked in a nursing home when I was in like my late teens and like very early 20s and we had a dementia ward. And I worked in the, like, we were in the, you know, the food services department, mm. so we'd meet a lot of these people and be out there. So I got to observe a lot of the different stages yeah. and have those relationships. And so now as I become an adult, it becomes a bit more of a reality. Yeah. And, like, you know, you see people, like, you know, not, you know, not my own parents or anything, but, like, other people's parents, yeah. people's grandparents. It at least, you're happy for the exposure because it makes you more well-prepared to deal with it. But it always sucks. The dementia yeah. is really hard. And that one scares me quite a bit, too. You know what I mean? Well, I think, you know, and we've, we've talked about this off the air many times. You know, I, I've i said that what scares me the most about, like, Alzheimer's versus something like cancer or a disease of the body or, like, a yeah, yeah. heart or something. One of the things I've always valued in my life is my, my, my mind. Not that yes. I'm a smart guy, but my I know what you mean. cognitive I know exactly. ability. I'm the same like, way. Yeah. And to be to lose that. Mm-hmm. would be, like, the worst kind of punishment. Well, yeah, I, mean, I agree with you, like, because yeah. I feel like yeah. as long as I have my yeah. mind, you yeah. can't, you know, I really can't be touched. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You can put anything else through, but as long as I have the mind that's still me, we can still deal with, you know, whatever yeah. comes down the pipe. But taking that away, and not like if it all went at once, that's one thing. But I think the scary thing about dementia yeah. is the way it's progressive. It's got to be such a, a feeling of dread and panic when you can feel yourself slipping, and you don't want to mm-hmm. admit it, and you know what it is. And 
I can't imagine. So, you know, shout out to, then there's a lot of people who don't really talk about it, you know, but have family members and they're dealing with this all the time. And it's really tough for those people. Like those are the people who are truly amazing as the people who yeah. can, you know, the family members mm-hmm. who got to support and push the people through it because, you know, these adults that you grew up looking up to and this and that and everything have now really become like infants in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, and Toddlers, little, at least. Well, Toddling crazy. all over the place. It's crazy and a little bit morbid when you think about the cycle of life that you sort of start and yeah. end your life doing the same mm-hmm. things. Uh, and I would sound a lot smarter if I could remember which psychologist or philosopher it was who said that, you yeah. know, the only thing you really own in this planet is the like the three inches between your like inside your skull, right? Mm-hmm. Everything else. is... Oh, three inches must be nice for you yeah. people who can buy hats. Oh, yeah. <laughs> a lot of inches in this hat. Big uh, hat. So yeah, uh, so I he's doing better. He seems to be fine. I don't know how long it's going to be before he gets out. He's getting yeah. ornery. Um, mm-hmm. But man, ninety-seven. I feel like if I'm still like you know now at ninety-seven, you're really just trying to check that hundred mark. Yeah, you want <laughs> really just trying to check that hundred mark. Total side note: when he was. In the hotel room, or the hospital room, you know, they had the, the TV in the hospital, right? Yeah. And he's watching the Golden Girls. Nice. And I'm kind of thinking to myself, is that like watching Babes if you're 97? You're like, yeah, look at these babes. <laughs> these young like, babes on the Golden Girls. I feel like at 97 when you're in the hospital <laughs> and you've already got dementia, I don't know if Babes is still registering. Well, I just wonder, like, it's weird, like, because they're probably, they're way older than him in real life, but on the show, they're probably younger than he is. He's like, look at these younger women. 78, but maybe, 83. But if you see that show for the first time when you're young, you always hold those people. Like, you probably first watched that show 30 years ago, 40 years ago, whatever it was. I was a Sophia man myself, if we're going to have a... She was the mom's mom. Oh, yeah, everybody was. Yeah, she was the best. Everybody. She was the whole thing, yeah. Uh, let's let's get into this week's... I, I, they're sort of odd news stories. Are we not into this week? I feel like we're into this week. We are. We're I'm way in. Go ahead. We're way in. Uh, and we've gone farther than I planned, but a couple stories I thought were interesting to me this week, but I wonder how they're going to hit with you. Did okay. you read this story this week about e- uh, Sports Illustrated? Uh, they fired almost, like half their staff and replaced them with uh, a content platform called the like the Maven. Basically, they've taken out a, like a good portion of their writers and staff from their website right. and magazine. And just sort of decide to replace them with contract work. Like, uh-huh. standard. Uh, and this is pretty common. In, in everything. Uh, did Sports Illustrated hold any particular, like, place in your, like, life? Because yeah, it did for younger, me a little of bit. Of course, yeah. We were of the age where Sports Illustrated was the thing that came to the house. And you use that to read about athletes and teams and sports because you couldn't just get on your phone and read 10 billion articles in any minute. Of course. Growing up, I did feel like Sports Illustrated was, like important not important but it was like a, it, it was. was it was a touchstone piece yeah. of content for a lot of people and to see the world that we live in now i sort of look at it as a failure to adapt for sports illustrated they didn't have a website of any merit or anything they never really transitioned into a digital platform or a or this particular they sort of stayed in their in their lane i feel like now everybody just started doing what they were doing They were the only game in town when they were the magazine coming to the house, but then once the magazine was on the phones and on the computer, everybody could do what they did, and it just evened out. How often does Sports Illustrated come out? Once a week? Yeah, I think it used to be, yeah. I think that's another big part of it. The the media cycle of once a week sports magazine... Is over. Is over, right? So no matter what they did after the internet, they were probably in trouble unless they converted. yeah. Do you feel bad at all about Sports Illustrated being gone? Does it make you sad or anything? No, I mean, nothing. No, no. That's I feel bad for all the people that got laid off because a bunch of um, CEOs and executives wanted to keep their Christmas bonuses and not 
mm. spare a penny for themselves. You know what I mean? Like it's shitty the way workers were treated, but workers are treated you know pretty poorly in this country in the first place. So as a person who likes to consume like sports content, I find it dissatisfying when more and more places that had name recognition in my life are taken over and just sort of get like AP style generic articles like if you read yeah. an ESPN article now it's yeah. kind of hard to read you can't it. read anything because yeah. everybody's transitioning to video which is yeah. that's a huge frustration from one of my big frustrations on the modern internet yeah. is I prefer to read than watch a video or listen to something Yes. 10 times out of 10 times, 100 times, you know, but everybody's pivoting to video content and it's not really for me. And because of, you know, the, the realities of, you know, the money it costs to run these different content hubs or whatever you want to call it, um, they're pivoting to video and they're also cutting back on writing. You know, it's not yeah. just like, hey, we're adding video, but we're going to keep all this great writing. Like, hey, we're adding videos, so, like, these guys just aren't really doing columns anymore. You know what I mean? Like, sorry. Well, I think Simmons is a good example of that. He's an easy one. You know, a guy who I used to love Great reading example. his articles. Great loved example. Loved giant articles, really unique writing voice, especially mm -hmm. with the time when I was reading those ESPN2 Interesting articles. deep dives. A progenitor of a huge majority of the written content yeah. on the internet. And I like the way that everybody, yeah. like, from Deadspin to, you know, The Ringer's his own thing, but all the people on that, the way so many people mm -hmm. right now, you know, Grantland before that. The Ringer for a lot of folks was one of my favorite websites to this day. Still, sure. full stop. Like, I, I still probably So like, much stuff to read on there. So yeah. many big, long, deep dive, like, really long reads. The Ringer is on my list of websites that I go to pretty much every day, but it Grantland was a better site. Yeah, way, it was a better time yeah, for it. I don't think that's a, yeah, I don't it, think that's a, like, controversial yeah. take at all. I don't think anybody would say that. Um, just, uh, it's, I don't know. It, it's just strange. That, you know, I, I feel like you think that, I feel like it gives you the feeling you you think you should care about Sports Illustrated. Well, Laying it, off people. All they did was lay off people. They didn't close. So you know what no, I mean? Like, I know. You... It just feels like a downgrade from a, for a company that used to mean something to a company that's now just another sports company. You might as well put them next to Bleacher Report and all these other right. different companies. Like, it used to, it felt like it meant something different years ago. And it's just kind of sad to see something that I thought was this sort of upper-level sports journalism sort of become just like everything else. Yeah, I suppose. I think I look at it less like it used to, like, you know, capital letters mean something that's more like they used to have a monopoly on, you know what I mean? They had a stranglehold on distribution of that kind of content, you know, mm -hmm. and now it's just that's been, a good point. It's been cut down the playing field. It's been even for a lot of people, and, you know, it's just shaking out. And we see this with business all the time. You know, you think about the different companies that used to be, you know, even going back to like, you know, record labels and different, you know, things like that and different, you know, television shows the way movies used to be. And it always shakes out when it changes and, you know, new people emerge and other old names die off, you know, mm -hmm. and it's just kind of the way that it goes. You know, Sears and Roebuck is closed. It had to happen at some point. <laughs> sure, the kids cry when you take the tiger out and tie it up to the tree. You know that movie? Tommy? No. <laughs> Tommy Boy, come on. Yes. All right. Uh, oh, yeah, I guess you're right. <laughs> All right. I guess you're right. Uh, Kevin, it's time for uh, a quick corner, or uh, a backlash corner. I have two. Oh, backlash corner. Backlash okay. corner, yeah. Right. Uh, Who would you like me to backlash to? Well, Am I no, backlashing? No, we're discussing the new backlash. That's oh, we're doing, okay. Uh, so this week, uh, we're going to talk about the Impossible Burger, which people have really been hyped about. The meatless hamburger that tastes apparently very close to a regular hamburger. You can get them at Burger King and all sorts of supermarkets. Mm. Uh, but now, the backlash against it is emerging. Uh, company, uh, the CEO of Whole Foods and the CEO of Chipotle have both criticized it, calling the foods too highly processed. Just because it's not a meat product, it's a, a the idea being that it's so processed because it has to be to not actually be meat. Do you have any thoughts about this? <laughs> the backlash against impossible meat and fake meat products, or does this seem like something that? 
Of course the people at Whole Foods and Chipotle are mad about this because they're competitors. Or maybe they don't want to sell these Impossible Foods people. Uh, sure. They're both, I mean, they're both right. Every Like, you can't, I think on one side it's very important to not, like, oh, it's processed. Well, processed means something. It just yes. means it goes through a process. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. You know what I mean? It's just like when people, it's like the way that you can put organic on foods. Like, it doesn't actually yeah. have to, legally, it doesn't have yeah. to mean anything. You can basically just say it. Like, yeah, the food was processed. Well, what was the process? I would like, but, you know, on the flip side of that, you know, demonizing the word process, because I think we do a lot of terrible process stuff that we shouldn't be, um, you know, I think it is very important to consider what we're eating and putting into ourselves. And I think a movement towards something more natural, like saying plant-based isn't enough for me. Right. What does that mean? And like plant-based, what is that? And what are we doing and putting in it? I would like more information, Yeah. Companies like Beyond and the Impossible, the, the two companies that yeah. are the main ones. And maybe ones. they present this. I haven't gone looking well, for it. they so. don't go out of their way specifically to say that these are health food, mind you. Like, there's no... Because they're definitely not. It's not health yeah. food, right? That's. I, I think that people hear it's a meatless hamburger, and they mm. immediately assume that it's healthy for Those them. people are complete fools. Right, but um, that does seem like a direct jump that a lot of people make, though, is it But not? they shouldn't. I, I, don't understand where, <laughs> right. I don't understand where you ever would. Like, right. You're still at Burger King. This is not health food this is non-meat food you yeah know i mean this isn't like this burger isn't put towards people like oh i want to eat healthy this is towards people like mm. no i don't want to eat animal products i don't want to eat meat those are uh, there's a lot of overlap in those circles but they're not the same circle yeah uh all right and then the other one uh is about the martin scorsese which is not the first time this is not the last time we'll talk about martin scorsese's day by the way love it uh the net, uh, his new movie, The Irishman, which is coming to Netflix mm-hmm. uh, soon-ish, is it gonna, mm-hmm. before the end of the year, I think, yeah, uh, was trying to do a run in theaters, uh, but is actually headed to a Broadway theater for its first major screening uh, because a lot of theaters in New York, movie theaters, refuse to air it. Uh, this based what, on... Are they pissy about the Netflix thing? Yes. Yeah. yeah, it seems to be a pretty common critique. Mm-hmm. They've lo- um, The folks behind... Go ahead, you see what you want to the folks behind the Irishman are sort of pitching it as like, hey, this is a great opportunity. We've lost a lot of great theaters in New York City, so why not bring this premiere to a great place like the, uh, what's the name of this theater? The Belasco Theater. Like, mm-hmm. you know, great opportunity to premiere a movie here. Yeah. But this is really a question about theater chains, right? Like, theaters don't think they're going to make any money on these movies if they're going to go to Netflix. That seems to be the real big issue. Do the theaters have a point? To a certain extent. I mean, yeah, I could see where the theaters are like, yeah, we're not going to bother. If you if you don't want to play ball with us, we're not going to play ball with you. You're on your own. Yeah, 100%. Mm. Why wouldn't they? Yeah, if, I, if I'm a theater, I'm probably not screening it either. For what? If I'm somebody... If yeah, you're I not, suppose. If you're not going to let me have actual rights to your movie and run it out and make money in the way that my business makes money, then thanks, but no thanks. I don't care who's in the movie. A lot of movies coming out, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's true. I, I feel like uh, it's interesting, though. It just gets into the idea that we're getting into these more, like, pocketed... Things, right? Like, is a Netflix movie the same thing as a movie that you see in the theater? Is it the same as a television show? Like, now it's those lines are becoming much more distinct because people want their money, right? Movie theaters want to know that this the- thing's going to be in their theater for 90 days plus so that they can make money off of it, right? right. And if they're not going to, are they even going to think about it in the same way they think about something like, um, I don't know, Avengers Endgame Well, they're in the, you know, we, I think a lot of times when people, when people talk about different businesses and businesses we're not in, we kind of romanticize it all, but like, 
they're the movie theaters. Yeah. These movie theater chains are a business. Yes. And if this exactly. is not a good business decision mm-hmm. for them, and these guys don't want to agree to their standard business contracts that 99% of the people appear to be willing to play ball with, then they have no impetus to do it. Mm. And we get sort of sentimental about it because it's all these guys. I'm very much looking forward sure. to this movie, and I would go to any theater that was showing it if it was around here to go support it and see it. I think it's going to be great. And I read the book, and I love mm. that, and all of it. But by that same token, you know, my heart doesn't weep for them because places like Marquee Cinemas and, like, you know, multiplexes aren't going to play it. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a win-win because I think it's an incredible move for them to go to these off-the-beaten-path Broadway theaters that are sort of, like, out there and weird and harken back to a different time. And it it makes it really special and unique experience going to see this, you know, what looks to be like it's going to be a really special and unique movie. So, yeah, it's kind of a win-win for everyone. I don't blame the theaters, but I think that the Irishman team still comes out on top and it's a great win for all those smaller... You know, theaters, and they make a great point about, you know, we've lost a lot of theaters in this yeah. country. There's not, you know, you look at places, like, they've got that Capitol Theater in Rome, almost nothing happens out there. You know That's what I mean? True. We've got the Stanley, and the Stanley's going, but the Stanley's been up and down over the years, mm-hmm. you know. This is a thing, so if they can bring stuff like this, I think it's, you know, it's cool for them. And I would like to see some of these Netflix movies maybe move in that direction. I'd go see The Irishman if they were playing it at the Stanley. Yes. Or the Capitol Theater. I'd be in there. I'm for it. Uh, all right, let's get to this week's interview. Uh, joining us uh, for the first time in a year and three months, nice long sabbatical in between, our good friend Jill, Re- uh, Jill Real of WKTV, uh, meteorologist extraordinaire. We had a great conversation about the weather turning, about fall, uh, about Halloween stuff. We're going to talk about Halloween stuff with almost every guest, I feel like, going forward. It's spooky now. About that time. rest of the month. Speaking of which, uh, after our interview with Jill Real, uh, Justin from Maiden Utica is going to be here. We have a very big... Breaking announcement about an upcoming event that we might need your help with. Tune in after the interview for more. Pleasure to have you here back on the podcast. Do you, before I give you the time, okay? Do you remember the last time you were on? It was, is it last summer or two summers ago? It was really hot. It was. It was. Hot. I just remember it was wicked hot outside. It was sixty-four episodes ago, which okay. is a one year and three months. That was episode uh, one sixty, as a matter of fact. Okay. Um, it was just super hot. Yeah, it was July eighteenth of twenty eighteen. <laughs> so it's been a year and three months. Okay. Uh, how have you been in the last year and three months? How have things changed? You survived another winter, so, <laughs> so we're good. And we're, we're getting ready for another one, yeah. it seems like. Uh, so let me ask you a couple things. Okay. It's been it's been cold for, what would you say, a week? Maybe? Yeah, um, we made the turn probably last Wednesday. So Tuesday was 85 last that's week. That's right. And I so, loved it. How long after Wednesday started did you start getting people reaching out being like, what the hell, why is it cold? Ten, <laughs> ten minutes? So... I am like a diehard summer person. Like, I love the heat and stuff. Right. Okay. Okay. So Fair. I knew it was going to get really cold. So I 
I always try to put this off as long as I can, but last week I changed my closet. Mm-hmm. So, so now I'm prepared for the cold. I hate when you're not prepared for the cold. I'm like, where are all my cold stuff, you know? No, I'm with you on that, too. Actually, I have to do that with my music, which sounds really stupid. I, I do it with my beer, too. I so. push all of my summer music off my phone yeah. and I put all my autumn music on, which yeah. is just, like, less dancey music. Yeah. A little more mellow music. That's how I am with my beer. Like, in the, in the, in the summer, it's, like, Pilsners and stuff. Now I'm getting into, like, mm. the Oktoberfest, and I'll get into my stouts and porters. We had a conversation. Uh, Sarah Foster, uh, not a county tourism, yep. was here. We were talking about drinks a few weeks ago. Uh, I hate for this to become a drinking podcast. <laughs> but what are you uh, What are you drinking right now? What's your current um, drink of choice? Uh, a lot of Oktoberfest. A lot of Oktoberfest, um, yeah. And... Not to be basic, but pumpkin beer too. So you're in on pumpkin stuff. Yes. I, I was... I'm not. I'm not a diehard. I went on this whole rant in September. I'm like, can we give apples a chance? Yeah. Poor apples. <laughs> like September's their month. So I refuse to do anything pumpkin in September. Now that we're in October, I'm like, okay, we can do pumpkin. Uh, but I don't drink coffee, so I'm not a pumpkin spice person. I just like some pumpkin beers. I don't like them too pumpkiny, but I like some pumpkin beers. I had a period of time where I was drinking a lot of the Saranac pumpkin beer yeah. when I had multiple people who lived with me who worked at yes. Saranac. So yeah. also we're just having tons of this stuff around. I don't have an outright dislike for pumpkin. Yeah. The problem is I just don't order it when I go somewhere. If I, if I go to Dunkin' you Donuts... Want, you, know, you, want the, you know what the cinnamon rim? <laughs> I'm so... I'm like one of the more basic people in the world. Like yeah. I'm, I like my coffee with cream and sugar. I don't like it with anything. Yeah. It's very basic. Like yeah. Don't give me the fancy flavor. I also don't like iced coffee, which people yell at me about all the time because yeah. I feel that coffee should be hot. Yeah, it's, if like, you it's want a, a hot cold, drink. If you want a cold drink, go get the tea yeah. or something. I yeah. don't know. I I agree, but um, I remember a few years back they mixed pumpkin. I think it was a black forest. Oh yeah, and it's really good. I like that. See, too. I mean, I like any sort of dark. Yeah, I'm a dark in the winter. I can't do it in the summer. Are you wearing an Apple Watch right now? No, I wear a Fitbit. Is that a Fitbit? How yes. do you like it? I was love just going to ask you about it. Obsessed. <laughs> so I love Fitbits. Um, they're the cheaper version of an Apple Watch. Oh, yeah. I just right. like it because it's more fitness-based than anything else mm. type of thing. The one thing um, I wish I... I wish it didn't have, but I do enjoy that it has. Is I get all my alerts on my phone. Mm. You know, sometimes you just want to disconnect, but my watch is still going off. <laughs> it's <laughs> much it. like I made mistakes early on in my phone career, where yeah. adding certain notifications yes. to things that I thought I wanted, and then years later I've realized I do not want no. them. No, I'm like, and why? I, I'm too lazy to go. Yeah, exactly. Uh, I was thinking about you a couple. Uh, well, not a couple weeks ago. Last time I was at Proctor before we went to summer vacation. Yes. One of the kids who did the morning program uh-huh. reached out to me because I was at the class across the way and he knew me. He said, hey, the guy who was supposed to come do our weather in the morning is gone. Like they used to do weather at the okay. school, right? Can you come and do the weather? <laughs> and I said, yeah, I'll come in and do the weather. And I was laughing about it because like I watched the kid do it every day and uh-huh. they have the screen behind him with the clouds moving across yeah. and he does the whole thing. And he's never on, he's never right, like he's never like in the right area. <laughs> it's always hand. hard, yeah. yeah. And I'm thinking to myself like, oh, I'm going to do a great job. Yep. Uh, but what I also did is I went to Apple Weather beforehand and yeah. looked at what the weather was oh, supposed no. to be for the day, yeah. just in case I screwed it You're up. Like, so oh, I no. could, and that's exactly what happened. I got up in front. I'm like, oh, which one is this? I got yeah. I'm on both sides over here. Uh, you know what? I looked at Apple News. It's like 70 degrees out today. <laughs> so I guess my question for you is, do you have 
Do you ever use like a commercial weather app? Do you trust any of them or do you use your sort of research on your own end? So when I go to school visits, my biggest spiel is the app that's automatically on your phone is the biggest piece of crap ever. So the, the Apple one, the weather oh, camera one. Oh, it is garbage. Crap. Interesting. I can tell you how many times I like screen grabbed it and showed what the actual forecast is going on and what they say <laughs> is going to happen. Um, I like, uh, if anything else fails, the National Weather Service. Uh, mm-hmm. They're really good. Um, weather Underground. Interesting. Is another one. They have on um, local weather stations all around. So if you open it, it'll tell you the temperature in the closest spot near you. Sure. Where if you go on weather.gov or weather.com, the temperature that you're seeing on the screen mm. is from Griffiths. So it's actually from Rome, from the Air Force Interesting. Base. Or huh. the Air, Griffiths Park now. It's not an Air Force Base. but So they take it from the nearest airport. Because I remember growing up in an era pre-internet when my stepdad would make me turn on the Weather Channel yes. on the 8s to yep. find out the channel, it was like a big deal. But that's <laughs> when the Weather Channel was the Weather Channel. Is that different now? Is it like the... They have so many shows and stuff, so... So it's like the History Channel. Yes. Yeah. As a history teacher, uh, this is an odd one. Some of the books that I've seen over the years, like our actual history textbooks, yeah. are produced by the History Channel. Right? The History Channel makes the books and gives yeah. them out to schools. And the books are all fine, and I don't have a necessary issue with them, but I, it's weird to me that I'm like, no, go to the source, the same place that puts on Ancient Aliens. And, and, like, like, and ah. like all these outrageous things yep. aren't true. Uh, so fall weather is here. We talked a little bit about it. You said yes. you are a summer person in yes. general. Through and through. Uh, what is for you the first sign? It's probably different for you because, okay. because of your job. What's usually the first sign for you that fall has come in in earnest? Like, what's the real... The first frost. First frost. Okay. Yes, which we had on uh, Friday night. <laughs> um, that's when I'm like, okay, things are getting real. Because, you know, <laughs> we still are going to warm up in the 60s this week, but we're, it's going to be very hard to get the 70s or the 80s back that we saw. When you have the first frost, you're like, okay, let's go. Is there a... I'm sure... I don't know if this is like an explain it like I'm five. Is there a particular reason? Like, what does that frost thing indicate? Like, when the frost changes over, does that indicate that we've, like... The growing season's done. That's it. Just indicates that we're done. That's it. Maybe you'll mow your lawn once or twice more, and that's it. Hmm. Like, the the plants are going to start to die. The leaves are going to really fall now. And it's it's good for farmers, too. They know that, okay, the growing season's done. And you're not a phone person. I feel like most people I talk to I in upstate New York, this is this is it for them. Well, they like, love this weather. I don't know why. It's like, just like I'm not a Dave Matthews fan. Like, oh, I don't want to go with the norm. <laughs> so I want to be different. So I'm like, I can't do Dave Matthews, and I'll do summer. Not to get off topic with Dave Matthews, yeah. but um, I have a couple tattoos. People who know me in real life know I'm, I'm relatively tattooed up, although uh-huh. most of them are under my shirt because yeah. I like to somewhat... Keep a, a little profile of professionality. Yes. Uh, but I remember getting one of my first tattoos. And one of the things my parents had told me is like, listen, like uh, we don't want you to get a tattoo. Yep. But if you're going to get it, don't get something like just willy-nilly. Like yeah. make it something that's important Meaningful, to you. Yeah. Right? So I waited until I was in like like 1920 to get a tattoo for a friend of mine who had passed away. Yeah. And I was like, I, I'm not going to feel bad about this ever. I'll always be pleased uh-huh. that I did this thing. Yep. But I remember <laughs> I was in Eternal Images. And I'm just getting finished. I've been there for like two hours. The guy's tattooing my shoulder. And I'm in front of me, This they laid this table out. Like uh-huh. a massage-style table that yeah. you can sort of lay down on. I don't know if you have any tattoos, but... You have to. Yeah. Uh, they lay you down on yep. it for like if you're doing your ribs or your back or yeah. something. So you could lay there the whole time. And this girl... Oh, no. ...is in front of me. I'm watching her in real time get the Dave Matthews... The, the wind, naked lady The thing. wind dancer yep. kind of thing. And I'm watching it, and, and I'm just like, I'm watching a real-time regret happen. Yep. Like, this is a moment that, like, and I'm like, this poor girl. Oh. Like, 10 years, she's like, why no, did I do this? don't do it. 
My first tattoo that I wanted was a Sublime tattoo, uh-huh. the band Sublime, and I again I look back. I'm like, like <laughs> you have a weather tattoo? I'm surprised. Is that no? Um, so I have a on my foot was my first tattoo, which is pretty common. Yeah, hurt. Yeah, lot. it does hurt. Um, me and my family all got a dolphin uh, in honor of my mom oh, who passed away, though. and then I have just a small anchor. Anchor. Uh, and my best friend has the wheel of a ship. Oh, nice. So, yeah. so See, that's it for now. I felt like I, when I got my history degree, I was like, I need to get a history-based tattoo. Yeah. And uh, folks who can look this one up, it's the Ben Franklin, uh, the chopped up snake that's like represents the different colonies. Uh-huh. It's the join or die snake. I love that one. It's yeah. like early American colonies. And the problem is when people see it, they assume it's the Gadsden flag snake, which <laughs> means something different to different people. Yeah. I'm like, no, no, please don't. Don't assume those are the same <laughs> yeah. things. Uh, I want to ask you actually a quick question about that. I don't need yeah. you to, I mean, we don't have to get too far into this, okay. but I'm so curious. As a local television personality, uh-huh. we'll call it, as a person who is in the spotlight, so, you know, whether in social media or on TV, and you talk about weather. Yes. Do you ever get stuck with people talking to you about like climate change? Is this a discussion you ever have to get into? Oh, yeah. I mean, um, a lot of people come up to me. I, our boss told us, you know, don't get into a lot of politics about well, yeah, it. Yeah, because that's what I'm. It's not, it's weird because climate change isn't necessarily a political No, issue. it's a science yeah. thing, but they made it into political stuff. Yes, exactly. That's so it's, weird... it's a fine line yeah. too. Uh, what I tell people is, yes, the climate is changing. I don't think it's to the extreme that some people think it is, sure. but it is changing. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, you got to remember the earth works in cycles. It's very cyclic. Mm-hmm. I was telling people, thousands of years from now, we're going to be in an ice age again. You know, that type of... It, it, it's working, but we're not helping the situation. I was just talking about this with somebody last week, but someone showed this video, and it was uh, the North Brother Island in New York City, which, if, if you've never heard anything about this, folks, North, North Brother Island was an abandoned island that still exists in the Hudson River in New York. And it used to be a place where people would go if they had uh, disease, uh, lupus, whatever. Yeah. They would send them to this place to to be quarantined from the rest of this, yep. the place where they worked on. And it became, it's got a crazy history. But that island, because it's been abandoned for so long, there's all this infrastructure there, buildings, hospitals, that have all been taken over by plants and nature has just Overgrown. pulled it back into yep. itself. And I always think about that with the climate change thing because people get this idea in their head like, oh, we're going to we're going to destroy the planet. Yeah. And that's a misnomer because we're we might do damage to the planet, but we'll kill ourselves. Yeah. The planet will be fine. The, pa- the planet's going to move on. <laughs> yeah, be like, just fine. <laughs> we're, gonna, we're the ones that are going to go goodbye. You know, that type of thing. You probably don't, you probably don't get flat earth people though. Do you? That's not a crime. No, thank you. We do, we do get chemtrail people. <laughs> really? Yes, and I'm just like, what, oh my gosh. One of my reader questions that I had actually that I, I only got a few questions from uh-huh. my email, but one of them was sort of like What's the weirdest thing someone's ever, like, reached out to you about on, like, social media or, like... Someone asked, uh, I think it was a year ago, an email of you were asked, well, my favorite deodorant was, and what do they recommend? What what do I recommend for them? And I was like, you can't make this stuff up. That's so dark. I was like, okay. Uh, (laughs) Really random stuff. God, that's so weird. It is. Now, let me ask you a question, and I don't, it doesn't mean to be a different conversation. Do you assume that that is because you're a woman? Yes. Because there's a 90% different... 90% of the email I get is because I'm a female. That's so strange. Last it's... week, or is it a week... Is it mostly creeps? No, some older ladies, too. Sure. The, actually, the ladies are more critical of my appearance than men, which I found is very interesting. So last week, I wore huh. a long orange dress. And a viewer emailed me, oh, emailed weather at WKTV.com. So I get it, Bill gets it, Violet gets it. Sure. And she's like, how dare you wear coral 
in the fall, you need a fashion consultant. So Bill, our chief meteorologist, replied with no, period, and sent it back. <laughs> now, you said it was you and Bill, who's the last one? You Violet, the, our new meteorologist. And she's the new one. Yes, yeah, she started a couple months ago. Reed on left to go to Albany. Mm-hmm. So he works at uh, the ABC, NBC in Albany, because he's from there and he wanted sure. to go back home. So, But she's local, she's from Sequoia. Well, it actually leads me around to another question. Again, working in the in the company you do, yeah. working in the, the way you do, TV personality, a lot of turnover seems to happen in these jobs. That's yes. just the nature of the business. I've been, you know, we're Facebook friends, and I, we know a lot of the same people. It seems like you've been able to retain relationships with a lot of people you were close with, oh, yeah. whether it would be like um, Adam and, uh, what's the, who's the guy who left? Don. Don. Yes. Adam, yeah. You guys obviously still keep relationships. Is that tough? For you guys, like letting go of people you sort of get used to and bringing people in, or is that just sort of part of the system? I can read people, so I know mm. when people want a true friendship or people are just here for the two years and the yeah. peace out. So yeah, so there's some people I still, my the guy I interned with, Matt Lanza, he was at KTV for a long time. Mm-hmm. He's now in Houston. I still talk to him. There's uh, Allison, who I used to work with, still talk to her. But I could weed out who I'm like, okay, I'm not really going to be friends with you anymore. But we'll be Facebook friends. I right. probably won't talk to you And you can again. probably tell just by, again, just by having enough conversation yes, with people. Easy. Who is here to use this as a stepping stone to something yeah. else? And well, just... most people do, but like, who's here to actually make friendships and who's here like focus on myself and don't care about anybody else type of mm. thing? Yeah, I've had a few of those. Yeah, if you, that's like something, you know, we've been lucky over the years because, you know, with Made in Utica, at least it's a community-based thing. Yes. So generally, the only time people tend to phase out of it is if they leave. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Like our buddy Chris Mandry is a good example. Yep. Like Chris will always be part of Made in Utica. He just doesn't live here anymore, yeah. right? So, you know, but with job stuff, it's got to be it's got to be frustrating to a certain extent. I see it in education. I work with a program that does a lot of, you know, they... They cycle in jobs over and over again. Yep. As you finish the job, they you leave and someone else comes in. Yeah. And it's great. I like the idea of it. But you always feel like you have this great staff and you're always on the cusp of losing oh, yeah. like Right now we're 25%. down. We're still replaced on. Um, and being in such a small market, kids come out of college and come to Utica first to get their experience mm-hmm. and then they move on. So we do have some, you know, Jolene's been there forever. Kristen's been there forever. Jason, me. There's some locals who stay. But most people who you see on TV aren't from here, so they're sure. not going to stay here unless they establish. That makes sense. You know, like my family's here. I'm not going anywhere, type of thing. You know? Sure. Yeah. Sure. Unless so. they just offered you time. Yeah. <laughs> well, thanks. <laughs> well, I'm just saying, like, I'm sure that you get opportunities presented oh, yeah. to you. Oh yeah. But whether or not a little more money is worth moving away from exactly. the place you love, yeah. that's a question only you can answer. And now that I'm getting older, I have a lot of nieces and nephews. Like, I don't want to miss out on things. You know, type of that's thing. That's true. You're yeah. Not, you're not I'm old enough. I have seven nieces and nephews. <laughs> I, I mean, got like a lot. And my brothers are in their 40s, so it's like, okay. Well, uh, can we... Am I allowed to discuss Adam? Yeah, of course. Oh, cool. I don't know. I don't know. Some we did last know. time. He was. I found out no. he was in a band. Well, some people don't like to talk about those kinds no, of things. No, it's fine. Uh, you guys have been together for a long time. Um, almost now. five years. You're living together still? Yeah. Has the discussion happened? Yeah, I'm we're not... Make... <laughs> we're not... Okay, I mean, I'll be blunt. I've been married before. Everybody knows that. Yeah, yeah. a divorce. He's been engaged... We're not in a rush. Well, I think that well, it's a good example because I think that we live. You're in this sort of the same age range as I am. Yeah. I think that for a long time, you know, I'm I'm also the child of divorce. So yeah. from like eight years old and on, I've always been kind of skeptical. This is very cynical of me to say. Like I've yeah. always been kind of skeptical of 
rushing into some relationship because you think you should. That's that's where I fell into before. Yeah. I had to do this, this, and this. Well, because you're hitting markers, right? Yes, you, again, exactly. We're in this transitional phase. I grew up thinking you're supposed to go to high school, then college, and then get your college degree and get married sometime in, the, in that, like, 18 and to 22. And then have kids, this. Your job, have kids, and move on. Yep. I'm 33, and that didn't happen, yeah. right? I'm not mad about it, though. Yeah. Like, I'm... I sometimes think that my life would be easier if I had just gotten married at like 22 yeah. and had kids uh, instead of being this weird 33-year-old vagabond <laughs> teacher. But I also think that if I had married the person I knew at 18, 19, 21, 22, I would not still be married. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, well, you're not, you're too young. You don't know yourself. And I think when I when I met Adam and then my friends, I'm, I'm looking around at all, everybody. Yes, a um, bunch of my friends are married. Yeah. But they have no kids. A lot of my friends don't have kids. And then you guys, your own weird bunch of you and Adam. There's only like two of you that are married. Well, in the main... It's so weird. In the maiden Utica side, we have an interesting sort of dichotomy with that. Because there are already, in the maiden Utica crew, there are kid, people who have kids and already their kids are at events. Yeah. We have this weird mix of like people who are not ever going to have kids, it yeah. seems like. And people who already have kids and are like ready to have their next one. So it's been nice in that way. I think for me personally, because I'm a teacher... I feel like every kid is your kid. I deal with on a day-to-day yeah. basis is somehow my child. Yeah. Right? I'm like, ah, this is about as close as I am. Yeah. And maybe if I get married someday and I want to, you know, I will probably want to have kids yeah. if I get married. But those are, I'm not having any kids without it. Like, I'm not just going to go have a kid. Yeah, when I, I met Adam and I was like, and all you guys are like, most of you don't have girlfriends. And I was like, this is so weird. And he's like, yeah, we'll repeat Peter Pan on the Lost Boys. It's fine. It's always been like. <laughs> yeah. You know, and that's, and it's a joke. But it's also an interesting sort of cultural thing. Oh, I've yeah. noticed in the last 15, 20 years, you see people sort of... I think there's a, an age, right? I mean, I'm just guessing. I'm going to call it like 23 through as we get to this generation, maybe your early 30s. Uh-huh. Like we have Halloween coming up, Thanksgiving coming up, yep. Christmas coming up. In my early 20s, mid-20s, the last thing I wanted to do was spend Thanksgiving... Or Christmas with my family. Yep. I wanted to do like friends. Party and Party. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And I think that there, that sort of time has expanded out. People like oh, to yeah. do that at a later age than they true. used to now. And I'm already going to Halloween costume. <laughs> oh, God. Well, that was the other question I was going to ask you. We can get into that because okay. uh, are you a Halloween person? Are you yes. excited? Are you guys like decorated already for the house? Oh, yeah. Or? I'm a house. The pumpkins are out. The moms are out. I told you, once the frost hit, I'm in fall. But like, gotta wait till after that. Did you like, what was your like traditions growing up? Were you an outdoor trick-or-treater? Did you make your parents go with you? Oh, so my dad, my mom wouldn't go. My dad would take us. We were allowed to trick-or-treat until we're after sixth grade. We're not allowed to. We're too old. I'm yep. upset. So we were allowed to go till then. I still remember, everybody still talks about the famous year of trick-or-treating with the snowstorm. Yep. And we had a snow day the next day. It was like the early 90s. But I loved it. And then when he went to college, it was a whole different world. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. How little of a costume can you wear? <laughs> and now I love the nostalgia costumes. Like one year I was Sally Jesse Raphael. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> last year Adam was Inspector Gadget and I was Penny. Like we did, like the fun stuff that you grew up with. Uh, this horrifying mask on the table yes. is something that I purchased for the upcoming uh, haunted handshake event, which is happening on October 26th, which I've already talked about, but uh-huh. you don't need to get into it here. I found that mask, though, because I went looking online, and I typed in, like, traditional Halloween <laughs> costumes, right? It's like, ghost, witch, pumpkin, vampire. Yeah. Because I looked at the costumes for this year, and it's just like, I don't want to do any of these things. No. I like to make my own costumes, too. Like, 
go, uh, we don't have it anymore. I used to love to go to the Salvation Army and find stuff, you know, like find cool things. Do you guys, have you guys discussed the idea of doing group costumes? Because I know that back in the day, Adam and his boys used to do. Yes. So we haven't, we've, we've done a couple costumes. I haven't done a group to- costume in a long time. We were all Disney characters once. That's pretty good. But what we wanted, I wanted to do last year was do the Goonies. Yes. That would have yes. been fun. But no one really, I was like, come on, guys. Uh, back in the day, Adam and those boys did, yep. I think, Guts. Like, yes. characters from the show Guts. Also, Legends of the Hidden Temple. Yep. He still uh, has the shirt. We did the party at my apartment on Crummy Thomas Street back in the day that all them boys were there for. Shout out to anyone who was there. <laughs> where we did Nintendo theme costumes. Oh, my right? God. So, I dressed as Link and people dressed as, you know, Mario and Luigi. Yep. As a matter of fact, Adam showed up dressed as, <clears throat> I'm going to date him a little bit here. Captain Jack Sparrow from Pirates of the Caribbean. And I said to him, I thought this was a video game theme party. And his response was, we made a Pirates of the Caribbean video game. I was like, that is a blatant misinterpretation of the rules. So that costume, I finally threw out last year. (laughs) Good. I'm glad. He wore it every year for Pirates Weekend. He loves that. Obsessed with that costume. And I was like, you got to let it go. What was your favorite costume you ever did? I think I think Sally Jesse Raphael was Sally my favorite. Raphael. Yeah. yeah, I also Thank dressed you. up one year as um, I'm gonna date myself too. Do you remember Robert Palmer, the singer? Oh yeah, and addicted, um, to love. addicted to Love. I was one of the background dancers. <laughs> yes, with the red lipstick and the black. That's a good Halloween costume. Yeah. See, people. When I was growing up, I feel like I had a friend of mine who did um, Mia Wallace from Pulp Fiction, which yep. is just Uma Thurman. That yeah. outfit, it was just like the bloody nose and yep. the white shirt and short hair, <laughs> and it's a really easy one to do. Yeah. My favorite one I ever did was Box Robot. I've said this a million times uh-huh. on the podcast, but something I made and wore and like, thought so I was very like, proud like, of it. Yeah, yeah. When you make something, it's like, oh, I put, actually put this together. Uh, I want to do some lightning round questions with okay. you. Um, but before I do, uh, do you guys, again, I don't even know if this is a weather-themed question. Do you guys do, like, fall prep for your house? Are you guys putting up, like, the, the covers on your windows and stuff like we're, that? We have new windows, so we're good, but we do close our pool. Yeah, yeah. Which is, like, womp, womp. And um, should people be doing their... They, oh, yeah. they already started this yeah. already? Um, <laughs> we haven't. Um, everyone wants to go swimming. It's probably 32 degrees. Uh, we have, we put all our furniture away and stuff. Uh, we clean our fireplace out because we use yeah. that in the winter and mm-hmm. stuff. That's pretty much our fall prep. But for me, um, I'm a diehard Christmas person. Mm-hmm. October 1st, everything goes up. Not October first, November. November first, yeah. So you don't do like Thanksgiving better. Like my mom used to do Thanksgiving decorations. No, because I would don't host Thanksgiving, so I'm like, eh. Makes a lot of sense. We I won't do the outside stuff till after Thanksgiving, but inside the trees up November first, everything's up November first. Not for nothing, and I think you're probably this is a big part of it that no one wants to talk about. No one wants to be outside their house on December tenth, freezing in the snow. Trying to put the lights up. You might as well just do it. Just don't turn them on. Yeah, exactly. No, I think you're. I think you're totally right. Uh, I'm just gonna put it down, and then we'll we'll laugh about it. Whether later on, whether okay. we're either right or wrong, it is as we do this interview. It is October seventh. Yes. So October seventh. Okay. When are we getting our first snow? Ooh, that's a good question. I'm gonna predict it right now. Well, what is your definition of first snow? Does it have to be like an inch? Could be a trace? Is there such a snowflakes in the air? Hmm. I would say, well, what would you consider it? So I'll, I'll leave so it to you. So the technical term, it has to be measurable snow. So it has measurable to be on snow. the grass. It Me- can't just be in the air and just melt everywhere. Okay. I'm going to go with November 20th. November 20th. It's kind of late, I feel like. Yeah, I, I think, <laughs> but I think, at least recently, our, our seasons have shifted a bit. 
Yeah, I think you're right. I think yeah. summer is more like end of June to end of September. Like, it was 85 last week. Well, I yeah. think winter really doesn't start till December and it doesn't end till March. No, I think you're right, actually. Like, March is like, okay, we're done. Mm-hmm. We I don't have a spring either. Well, spring you sucks. talked about it. We yeah. remember having snow on Halloween. Oh, yeah. So generally, my concept is I'm not even expecting snow until at least, like, the last week of October. Yeah. Just, for the, just to be a jerk, I'll say November, let's call it the 7th. Okay. Say pretty close afterwards. And, right uh, after the election day. Cold day in hell, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, so I'll, uh, I'll put up on the okay. Twitter who is closer and we'll okay. figure some sort of That's prize cool. about for Sounds you. Sounds good. Uh, and where can people uh, get a hold of you if they want to reach out to you on Facebook, Twitter, social so media? So on Twitter, uh, at The Real Deal. On Facebook, Jill Real. And on Instagram, at The Real Deal. I am not on Snapchat. Smart. I've had people email me about Smart. that, too. This list is a creepy email because I was like, this you're lying. He's like, me and my girlfriend have a bet. She said, you won't add me on Snapchat. So can you add me on Snapchat? And he put Terrible. his... I'm like, you don't, first of all, you don't have a girlfriend. And second, you want me just to be add you on Snapchat. <laughs> The only weird thing I've noticed, I, I'm not on Snapchat. I, well, I am on Snapchat. I just don't use it. Yeah. And I've noticed that if I'm going to do something like that, I tend to use the Instagram stories. Yeah, me too. It's the same kind of idea, but I get a a less seedy yes. feedback cycle. That's why I like, that's why I like I'm like. i pro Instagram <coughs> and not Snapchat. No, that's fair. And I'm with you on that. Uh, and again, follow her on Facebook, Twitter, social media. Um, Coming up at the end of November, we'll do our winter outlook. So you'll know how much snow we're going to get this season. Very cool. Uh, so a couple of quick lightning round questions for you. Different lightning round questions than last time you were on. Uh, And again, this might be just answer the best you can. Okay. What's the worst job that you've ever had that you were allowed to talk about? Um, My dad used to own Empire Bath and Kitchen, which was a bath and kitchen store down Mm -hmm. in State Street in Utica. Um, I would have to clean the showroom. Hated dusting everything. <laughs> you know how many toilets I had to dust it's and showers? Tile. Yeah. Tile, like tile. That, it collects a lot of yes, dust, too. I hated that. And I got, like, $10. The closest I got to that was my dad used to have a hardware store on Webster uh-huh. Ave growing up, Jim's True Value Hardware. And uh, my grandparents lived upstairs, so I would go there after school, and I would sort of be back and forth yeah. in the store. And he would get mad at me because I was a stupid little boy, and I would, like, take the... You know those, like, tubes... You use for like your washing, your dishwasher, yep. Yep. Or, or your dishwasher, your uh, your dryer. dryer yeah. yeah, I used to think that they were big snakes, <laughs> and then I was like King Kong. I would yep. be in like the aisle, like ah, oh, it's attacking me. He's like, I have to sell those yep. to customers. Please don't ruin them. Um, well, that's funny. If you had to find another line of work with the uh-huh. skills that you have, what what do you think you'd like to do? Probably earth science teacher. I was going to ask you. I think a lot of times with stuff like this. I love your Earth interest science. in yeah your interest in climate and in weather natural and, and natural Earth, and yeah. yeah that makes a lot of sense. Did you think about that at any point in time? Before? I did. Um, then I was like, I don't want to go back to school. <laughs> I mean, if I was in a different state, it'd probably easier to be a teacher. But New York yeah. State obviously is very strict. You your masters and stuff. Well, former GFOP of the pot and your former frenemy rival uh, Rachel yes. just left to get in the she teaching did. world. Yes. Uh, so she's a little younger than me. So I was like, more. I was glad for her. <laughs> I mean, you get normal hours and stuff. You know. It is. I will say, working in education, that's actually one of the things I weirdly didn't think about at the time. I was like, oh, you know what's nice? Being done at work at like 4 o'clock in and the day. And summers <laughs> off. Well, the downside on of it is, even though I'm out of work at you 4 o'clock. You still have work to do. Like, a lot of the stuff I deal with during the day follows me home. Yeah, of right? course. Whether it's for my personal reasons, because I can't <laughs> stop thinking about something yeah. that we didn't finish or didn't work on. But 
Um, also, I, I think about, too, school is, like, now in this day and age, it's scary, it's, it's scary to go to school sometimes, you know, with everything that's happening. Like, when we were kids, it wasn't yeah. as much. It was a little it's, scary, but... It depends on what you... It's What I think weird is weird about, and you're probably... I, I think I know what you're getting at, and I think, yeah. you know, for myself personally, we've done two separate live active shooter drills yeah. this year. and that's crazy. Um, What's disheartening about it is not that we have to do them twice a year yeah. or more than that. It's the fact that the kids have normalized them to the point where they do not take them seriously. Yeah, at just all. like fire drills back in the day. Much like fire drills, they're yeah. like, "Do we have to do this? Yeah, Can this we? Is stupid. This is stupid." I'm like, uh, no, we have to do them." Yeah, and, you know, and and I get it, right? I, I'm not naive because I was that age too. I, I mean, also, the same thing. I mean, the yeah. same thing. But again, it's the sadness for me is just how normal it is for a lot of these kids to just be like, oh yeah, it is what it is. You know yeah. I mean? So, uh, if you had to cast somebody to play you mm. in the movie of your life, who would you cast? Uh, probably Emma Stone. Very nice. <laughs> I love her. She's just witty and sarcastic. What was the first Emma Stone movie for you? Because I have an answer for this. And I'm curious if there was like a particular movie you saw it- her in. Um, Easy A, I think, was one of the first ones. Easy A is one that pops up a lot when people talk yeah. about Emma Stone. I was, I saw her in the first Zombieland, which the see, I don't come... watch those movies. <laughs> That's not a horror movie. That's actually a, it's kind of a comedy. Adam watches it all the time. Is that the one with the Twinkies in it? Yes. Yes. Adam <laughs> yeah. watches that. I also um, what's the one that she's in with Steve Carell? Crazy Stupid Love. That's a good one That's too. A great movie. Yeah. I actually, that was kind of the movie that turned me around on Gosling. I don't remember yeah. I saw that before or after Drive, but those two movies came out right at the same time, and I was like, oh, this guy's actually he's pretty fun. good. He's funny. Well, because he was one of those guys, like, before, I was like, oh, there's some handsome guy there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, that's just me being young. It's <laughs> <laughs> good looking. No. I was talking about this with somebody last week, because when I was a young kid, I was a punk rocker kid, and yeah. I would, like, go out of my way to hate on something yep. that other people, oh, this is Britney Spears, this sucks. Stupid. <laughs> Now I hear like a pop song. I'm like, you know, this is all right. <laughs> I'm like, this, this is pretty good. This, who's this Post Malone? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I have no idea, by the way, any of the modern. Are you in no. on modern music at all? No. You have nothing. What's the most recent thing you've listened to music? Maybe Lizzo. Everyone's in on Lizzo. Yeah. She's pretty good. But, like, <laughs> but now, like Spotify and stuff, I never listen to the radio. So it's like, oh, I'll listen to 80s today, you know, type of thing. You know, it's funny you say that. We did it in our history lessons today. After this interview, I'm going to do the history lessons. Do you know that this week is the. 11th anniversary of Spotify being really? launched in the U.S. Do you I use it all the time? You all the time. Yeah. I use it for class because I teach and I have there's playlists on there and stuff. It's just so viewer friendly and you can download the song so you don't have to be connected to the internet. Yeah. You don't use data. You can go in airplane mode and it's right there. See, I sometimes when I'm putting music on for the kids, I'm sort of forced in the classroom, let's say on a Friday or something, to do it on YouTube, which is its own set of problems yep. because of all the commercials <laughs> in yep. between. I also put a playlist of 90s songs on for the kids and the music videos were attached to them. Yeah. And then I forgot as I was playing through how raunchy and terrible yes. all these videos. I was like, oh, that's right. I Thong can't. song. Woo. I was like, I can't play any of these for you. <laughs> Horrifying. Yeah. Uh, you might be one of these people who, much like you don't drink coffee, doesn't eat fast food, but what is your all-time favorite fast food menu So item? funny about this. So I'm, I, I went for like 12 years of not eating any fast food. Mm-hmm. Um, last two weeks, about a month ago, me and Adam and Dan Nolan and Zog and Pavia, we all went to Virginia Beach. Yep. Okay. And there was a Chick-fil-A. Oh! Oh my God, I get the hype. Is it? So it is good. Oh. I've, there was one in New York. Well, there's a lot in New York City, but I never went when I was down there. I think I was caught up in the, like, don't go to Chick-fil-A because yeah. they're, like, they don't. Anti-gay. Anti-gay and, and, and yeah. all that stuff. 
But I, but then all, I know a lot of gay folks were like, yeah, that chicken sandwich is good, though. <laughs> it <laughs> is. And the sauce. I was like, I get it now. Like, I get it. I wish that I that the Popeyes had not closed in Utica. Yeah, I never had it. I wanted to do the taste test. Yeah. But we don't live close enough to no. any of them. The closest Chick-fil-A, I think, is in Cicero. If you ever fly out of the Albany Airport, there's one in the Albany Airport. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah. So when we flew back, we stopped there and got it again. Uh, what's an embarrassing phase that you went through oh in your lifetime that you're willing to share with us? It's probably seventh to ninth grade. I, mean, I was talking about this earlier. I had greasy hair. I had mm-hmm. bangs, mm-hmm. glasses, braces. And this is before I had jaw surgery, so my upper jaw protruded really far out. Oh, so like, was yeah, all I could yeah. see was gums because I couldn't physically close my mouth. Huh. So it was just a hot really? mess. Yeah, yes. When did you have the surgery for that? Uh, when I was 15, they broke my jaw and moved oh, it back. So I have a metal plate in my mouth. Oh, wow. Yeah. Was it, did you have like, you had overbite? Is that it was the... wicked bad. Really? Yeah. Huh. I was born like that. They, they waited until I went through puberty to see if it corrected itself and it didn't. So like, I mean, if I, I, if I can't close my mouth, my, my, my teeth will get ruined and stuff. Yeah, so, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Huh. So Do you ever fun. notice that you get like, uh, I, I feel like when I was younger, I hurt my hip doing something, and now because I'm an old man, when I when it's cold outside, yep. I'm like, oh my hips. You get that yeah. with your jaw? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh my jaw hurts. Oh, I got the today. today. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I only had about ten minutes left okay. for you, so I, I want to get through a few more of these before we go. What's one movie that you always stop and watch when you're flipping channels? Twister. Twit. That makes. I watched it last weekend. I was visiting my dad last weekend, and we were just hanging out. I'm like, wait, we gotta. My dad's like, it's dinner. I'm like, no, we gotta finish the movie. He's like, there's 18 commercials. I'm like, I don't care. Twister is like one of those. It came out in that certain era, that like 92 through 96 yep. era, where there were so many of these like big important movies that I loved, like your Jurassic CGI Parks was so Twister. cool. Yeah, it was right on the cusp of when CGI was starting to get watchable. Yeah, where you're like, oh, that looks pretty good. Yeah. Although I must admit. The part that I always remember from the movie is just cow. Yeah, that's all I remember. We got cows. Cows. <laughs> Again, though, that was a. That was a, Did they make another Twister movie as well? Like, was that in the period where they were making like no, we're gonna just, make a vamp a volcano movie and then a second volcano? No, there movie? was like a spin off, like a TBS did one called The <laughs> Night of the Twister. Yeah, Night of the Twister. Yeah. All right. God, that was. Uh, I'm trying to think. Who's the? Is that Bill Paxton? Paxton. So and also Philip Seymour Hoffman's in it. Oh, so I'm like, oh, great. All these dead people now. Oh God, they're really both dead now. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. That was a big TBS movie, I feel like. If you're for it's a certain era, it was always on TV, kind of yeah. like Shawshank Redemption. Yep. On pretty regularly. You catch it three days oh, in a yeah. row. Uh, what's one book, album, movie, or show that you are currently reading, listening to, or watching, maybe alongside Adam Nolan? Um, Breaking Bad. Had you never watched it? I've before? never watched it. Interesting. How so, far? How far into season this two? So we're in the middle, mm-hmm. but he, the movie's coming out. Mm-hmm. So I don't oh yeah, we gotta watch it. So this is interesting to me. Um, when I got into Breaking Bad, mm-hmm. I was living in Brooklyn, but the there's only six, five, five seasons. seasons. Yeah. The fourth season was just about to end, uh-huh. and that was sort of about the time that I think mainstream like discussion was happening about the show. I was reading yeah. a lot of articles like, "Is Breaking Bad the greatest show ever made?" Yeah. I saw a lot of that article, and I remember had, uh, going back and rewatching everything because it was on Netflix at the time. One of the first. Netflix binge shows that I did yeah. before, like The Office and Parks and yep. Rec and Friends took over everything. Um, that show, though, um, was the last show that once we caught up to it, I was binging it every single week. Yeah, and I'm curious now in hindsight, most people say the show doesn't really get good until the second season. Did you like the beginning of it? Yeah, or... I mean, because I didn't, I had no idea. I never read an article about it. I had no idea what the show Pretty was good about. If you I never all. read anything. I about had it. no idea. So we we. 
the issue was we were started it and then Game of Thrones happened. So then we got to watch Game of Thrones and then Billions happened. So we got to so we got watching Billions. Yes. Nice. And I'm watching Succession. Um, Everyone's watching Succession. I've been so talking good. about the show for years. So good. <laughs> so I mean, now we're now that's in the summer. I don't want to sit home and watch TV. I want to be outside yeah, and stuff. So now we're getting back into. We just watched an episode uh, last night. The other thing I read the books and I'm watching the show Outlander. Outlander. Yeah. Interesting. Because someone else Stars. brought this up and said that it's because it's on Stars, no one's watching it. I mean, well, I, I mean, people who don't have stars yeah. aren't watching it. But it's on Netflix it's quite now. Good. It's on Netflix yeah. now. They put it on Netflix. Outlander. Very Netflix. good. Um, recommendations, subtitles. Is it foreign? They're, no, but they're they're very thick Scottish accents. Ah. So yeah. sometimes like, what did he say? <laughs> but the books were phenomenal, hmm. and the the show is follows the books very very closely. Is it? Do you read like book series generally? Like that? I love you, it. Yeah, I'm a book nerd. I think this summer I read 25 books. Really? Yeah. You read anything currently? Uh, you would enjoy this. I'm actually reading In Harm's Way. In Harm's it's Way. It's about the sinking of the USS Indianapolis during World War II. Oh, uh, the story that Quint tells yes, in Jaws. Yes, in Jaws, yep. Uh, 50,000 men went down to the boat. Ah, <laughs> uh, shark, come at you. Sorry, I'm going to yeah. stop doing Quint impressions. <laughs> so it's true, though. Uh, <laughs> 900 people were on ship and only 300 survived. God, a lot of died. But it's about the survivors. So it's a very good book. Still, so scary. I'm, so it's in the said, open ocean. So, okay, I'll leave it on this and then we'll close <laughs> up here. I I like scary movies. I think you were saying you don't love scary, scary movies. movies. I like a horror movie, ghost, supernatural. I'm not, like, obsessed with horror movies. I'm not one of those people who's like, Ugh, like look how gory yeah. it is. I like a good, scary horror movie. Yeah. I'm not looking for gore and ghost. violence. However, I was forced by my sister, because we have very similar concerns and fears about the world, to watch a movie called... Open Water from 2008. Oh, no. And Open Water is a movie about two divers who get stuck. They go on a diving trip and the boat leaves them. Because there's like a miscount. Yeah. And they're stuck just in the middle of the ocean yep. by themselves and sharks just circle. It's the whole movie. It's the most nerve-wracked I've ever been to to watch a film to this day. That movie has ruined my thing. That's more scary to me than like, here's it, it chapter two. Yeah. Here's the clown. Yeah. Here's like that that stuff is like Because that stuff can actually happen. Yeah, because like a shark could really eat me. I'm a terrible swimmer. Yeah. So, um, uh, I want to thank you yeah. so much for coming in, Jill. It's always a pleasure. Uh, we appreciate you taking time. Um, and again, thanks for letting us know when the weather's going to be crummy. Anytime oh, it's so a bad day, I'm going to blame you. Made in Utica asked if the weather's going to be like Sunday. Oh, yeah. He's in the, he's in the, what is it going to be like? What are we getting? You should be okay. Maybe a few showers, but 50s and sunshine. All right. 50s and sunshine for this weekend, guys. Maybe a few showers, but you guys are not made of sugar. You'll be yes, all you'll fine. You'll be fine. Uh, you can follow Jill on Twitter at the Real Deal with an extra E. That's right. Real. Uh, thank you so much for You're taking welcome. time. I always appreciate yes. having you here. And again, uh, nice to see you, neighbor. Always yes. a pleasure. <laughs> uh, we'll be back to the show in just. Again, uh, to Jill Real, who also picked up her maiden Utica passport with Justin. Yes, and delivered good news about the weather. Yes, for she Sunday. Said, she said, "Well, she said we might get scattered storms early, Ugh. rain." But she said otherwise. Early, that's fine. Early's fine. Should be fine. So what's so? Let's talk about 
this weekend. Justin's here. Justin's here. Justin's here. Well, he's been on every week for the last like three weeks. I feel that's true. I forget. I'm here. Kevin's here. Coming. I'm the relief. I'm. You guys use me more than people do in postseason relievers. Yeah, you're the CC Sabathia of this podcast. I'm just going to use you until you're on the bullpen than the Yankees this postseason. So I'm not going to be in town. Usually up by ten. I am not going to be here this weekend, unfortunately, because I mentioned I'm going to that wedding this weekend. Yep. But there is a maiden Utica event this weekend. That's falling for Utica Festival. Yep. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that before we get into our announcement? Just so we yeah, can... it's just a, your basic fall festival, right? Uh, like basic fall. <laughs> what a pitch, man! <laughs> well, I mean, every you know, it's just like whatever all the basic. basic. Well, all the stuff people like about fall, we'll have a little bit of all of it. Cider donut eating contest. Nice. Um, we're gonna do a coffee sack race. That's Spray. the one I was disappointed about missing. Actually, yeah. um, I've been trying to do that for like a year. Just because Frank has like a thousand coffee sacks. That's Frank Elias of yeah. Coffee Roasters. And I always get like I pick I just picked some up again a couple days ago. I use them for everything, anything. I think people need to understand because you know it's a it's a whole fall festival. They got to understand for this donut eating contest. Um, you really you got to sign up and you got to come hungry because the fine folks at Stewart's yes. <laughs> have provided us. They're going to be bringing an obscene amount of apple cider I hear donuts. Tractor trailer load. <laughs> an obscene, like like we're going to be eating donuts at Handshake City through the year. Uh, we're just going to be down there in the warehouse in the cold. It's going to be like the Waste Authority type of concept. They're going to bring a truck full of donuts, weighed, and then after they leave, they're going to re-weigh the truck and we get charged the difference. <laughs> so whatever kind of weight we eat. So this weekend, the Falling for Utica Festival is kind of, this is the fall celebration, but this is not the Halloween celebration, correct? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. No. Okay. Uh, so we can, can we announce uh, Haunted Handshake? Here yeah. The, yeah. Well, you just did. Yeah. Just I mean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, you told me. It's it's essentially been discussed and we're far enough where I think we want to do it and we well, can. We, we th- <laughs> we'll be honest. We've talked about it enough. We think we can pull it off. Yeah, so, <laughs> I mean, that's pretty so much it. The general idea, and we're going to flesh out uh, times. October 26th is the date we're thinking about yeah, yeah, right now. Right before mm-hmm. Barkson. Well, so it's going to be the last weekend the Saturday. anyways. Yeah, so we'll talk Saturday. about what it is. First of all, yeah. So, so the general idea... Well, do you want to talk first? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so, so basically, we're doing Barkson Booze anyway the 27th. Yes, and that would have correct. been the last event. The Haunted House came up when we were discussing it because we want to utilize maybe one more night before we close for the season. And yes. it seemed like something... Which you could now can explain probably that we could do yeah. before Barks and Brews. So, so why the, not try? The night before Barks and Brews on October 27th. Uh, well, that's when Barks and Brews Barks is. And Brews, on yeah. October 26th. Yeah. I know this is the worst. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> Saturday. Like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> so on Saturday, October 26th, on the eve of Barks and Brews, we will be holding the first ever, and maybe only ever, mm-hmm. <laughs> haunted handshake event, which we're going to turn Handshake City into a haunted walkthrough. Yep. Uh, we're going to... Like a haunted house style walkthrough. Haunted house yep. style walkthrough. Through the containers. Uh, we think we're going to go scary. Not yeah. super scary. No, 12 and up. Scary. It's, a, it's an adult <laughs> event. Like, don't be... If you're pregnant, you're going to have to use your own discretion. <laughs> oh, like a like a thrill ride. Yeah, I, see. I mean... I unreal <laughs> that that's where you go. <laughs> I'm not going to be responsible for any I'm catastrophic just like, events. Uh, shout out to uh, Paris and Sabrina. Congratulations. <laughs> oh. Boy. Oh, there's another yes, thing I'm not allowed no, to... No, no, I'm spoiling everything today. You just you no. never know when people are announcing, you know? It's early. A lot of people... I have so many godchildren that I have to tuck another <laughs> one too. in. Uh, no, but so, look, we're really excited about this. Um, we've never really done a haunted house style thing. Like this. Another we've talked thing about it. that was, yeah, last year type of concept where, because of the shortened season last year, this seemed to make 
more sense. Mm-hmm. We had a little bit more. Obviously, we're not using a lot of time to put it together, but we've had a full season. Yeah. You know, last year we couldn't fit all this stuff mm-hmm. in because we just didn't have enough time. So I'm not going to sit here and explain to the audience the whole fleshed idea of what we want to do. But I will say this: we are definitely going to need some help yeah. from any haunted, spooky-minded friends of ours who may want to be involved. Whether that's donating. Um, Decorations, uh, yeah, decorations or uh, coming up with ideas for booths or if you're interested reach out to us at yeah, Uticast I think or Main what Utica. we can say is we're trying to do a couple different displays and exhibits yeah. so if people are interested in creating an exhibit that's part of the entire walkthrough we're, we're definitely open to Taking yes. some people in to make a couple of scenarios where you know to enhance the yeah. the haunted experience. So yeah, and much like anything else, the more uh, input we get from people yeah. who want to be involved, the more excited we get, and um, it should be a lot of fun. I'm really yeah. looking forward to it. Have you thought of any spooky ideas for the haunted walkthrough yet? Man, I can't even go. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, can't. I, won't, I won't be able to be there. Yeah, I gotta play. Who's gonna play, play Jason? No one's a better know. Jason than you. You're too tall and it's large. It's true. And to everybody would know it's me, though, yeah. That's true. Is it? Yeah, you'd have to. It'd have to be something different. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we we went through that longer than I planned. So let's um. So let's get into. It'll some be history. good. It will be good. be good. No, yeah. it's gonna be good. So yeah. So the the moral of the story yeah, we're doing a haunted house to walk through down there. If you need to be, if you want to come down and help scare people, come help. <laughs> <people>. <laughs> yes, yeah. please. We're gonna need some people. It's gonna be a crew larger. We've got a big crew. We've got a great team, but it's gonna be more hands than we've got. So yeah, you know, yeah. we've got a lot of great friends who like to come down and help. This is gonna be one. If you want to participate, reach out. I think we're gonna sell some beer too. So if that's any incentive, to looking come like down we might have some that. licensing. So yeah, it is gonna be kind of adult too. So like, if you're gonna bring your kids, you yeah. should discretion. Yeah, you know 12, I mean? 12 up. Be, is probably twelve and up. Is right? Twelve like, and up is smart. But, I mean, if you've got a mature nine year old, you bring them. Just know people might be doing some ill stuff. Yeah, it's your kid. yeah, your kid. You walk them through mm-hmm. as your own parents. Your kid, level. not our kid. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right, so let's uh, let's go through the history lessons. Uh, we'll get these done here. Let's start on this one. 1945. On this day, the microwave oven is patented. Uh, a microwave oven heats and cooks food by exposing it to electromagnetic radiation in a microwave frequency range. Uh, do you know the name of the man who invented the microwave oven? Joe Microwave. Percy Spencer. Way off. Joe Microwave. I, <laughs> I like how you think that his name was Microwave. That's good. Yeah. Uh, he invented the first modern microwave uh, after World War II. It was called the Radar Range because it was based on radar technology. Uh, Sharp Corporation introduced the first microwave with a turntable, which you see in most yep. microwaves now. But most commercial microwaves didn't come into use until like, the late 70s. That's when they were first sort of popularized in the American household. Uh Microwave kitchen, uh, ovens are common kitchen appliances and are popular for reheating stuff, but they're not generally popular in professional cooking outside of a few small yeah, applications. Yeah, they're like taboo, right? Oh, yeah. yeah, if you watch Gordon Ramsay, he hates the microwaves. Microwave. Um, although I have seen microwaves used in kitchens for certain applications, yes. real specific things. Absolutely. Uh, generally, you can use it to heat stuff that you would otherwise burn, things like butter, fats, chocolate, things like that mm-hmm. that you can heat at certain ranges. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kev, we've, I've been an advocate for no microwaves for a long time. We don't have a microwave in the house. We don't. Am I outrageous for this, or do you feel like we haven't missed it at all? I mean, I got no, I got no real use for a microwave besides ease of, like, if I wanted to make popcorn, I guess, it's easier than stovetop, and yeah. I can still stovetop it. Um, other than that, I mean, I can't think of really... I, there's never been a time where I'm like, damn, I wish there was a microwave here. It's yeah. just, it's never come up. But I've never really, I've never used the microwave much anyway. I don't know. I had it in my house as a kid, and I used it a lot to make nachos. Yeah. Uh, but now I do it in the now oven. Now you can do it in the oven, yeah. You have a microwave in the house. Do you? No. Do you? No, you don't either. So no. you're also and on I outside microwave. Upstairs, that was Cliff's 
like in uh, that was a, a past regime of oh, the okay. Mr. and Mrs. upstairs who yeah. needed it that wasn't me um, so you got that inherited you yeah, I, yeah. I wasn't particular like I didn't have it that was brought in you know we mine was gone at that point so when I, you came up and would use it it wasn't my microwave like I yeah. didn't I didn't even bring one to this house when I came yeah, yeah I, popcorn I and coffee I think um, it's down way. in the basement unplugged I use the air fryer and the toaster oven as my go to for, for everything and they're so gaudy they take up so much space they use up I so think, much power I think it. for me taking up the space is one of the biggest yeah. issues because there's definitely stuff like from you know working in some kitchens or working you know adjacent to kitchens and the things you can use microwaves for for like little tricks yep. they would definitely come in handy for different stuff like you know if you end up with like stale bagels or stale bread you know what I mean you can put them in like a wet paper towel and reinvigorate or yep. like different cleaning applications for melting butter for getting some things like that getting something up to temp a little bit warming up like maybe a sauce you made yesterday mm-hmm. getting it up hotter without doing a pot I can see some of that but the space to use ratio is too poor for me to ever really want well, one well read what was the beginning about the can you read the waves part again like just the explanation of what the patent was it just sounds like something I don't you're, want to you're eat You're exposing food, out of. food to electromagnetic radiation in the microwave frequency range. This indu- induces polar molecules in the food to rotate and produce thermal energy in a process known as uh, dielectric heating. It just sounds weird to eat something that's doing that. You shouldn't really base it on like, oh, well, it, it, you know, it doesn't sound good, so well, it's not good. Like microwave you gotta learn what it means. You gotta learn about it. in a box, you know? Like, it's just strange. Here's you know, something. I, I don't understand these words. They scare yeah, me. Yeah, I don't want these th- I see. lasers cooking I see my food. <laughs> Here's what I'm going to read just because I hear them use this all the time on Bon Appetit. Unlike conventional ovens, microwave ovens usually do not brown or caramelize food since they rarely attain the necessary temperatures... To produce Maillard reactions, which yeah, is what yeah. you call when Maillard you get the brownies. The brownies. Mm. So there you go. I just like to use that one. I'm a Maillard reaction guy. Of course. A big Maillard, <laughs> big fan of Maillard reaction. That's why your food looks gross. <laughs> but it's also why your food looks gross if you take it out of a sous vide, like which is also a way people seem to be using like the sous vides now. Like if you cook it in the water, it comes out looking all gray because it doesn't actually brown it. That's why people sear it afterwards. There you go. Well, like steak, you mean? Yeah, like a steak. I see. Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Moving on, on this day, 1957, the Brooklyn Dodgers announced that they are moving to Los Angeles. Uh, do you know where the name Dodgers derives from? Oh. Draft Dodgers. Uh, no, it uh, derives from the reputed skill of Brooklyn residents to evade the city's trolley streetcar network. You're so dodging... you don't get hit by the car. It's yeah. like Frogger. Yeah, the, the longer oh, wow. term is technically the Brooklyn Trolley Dodgers. Uh, although... The team actually didn't have a real name. Their legal team name was the Brooklyn Baseball Club. They were also Love known... It. Huh? Love it. Yeah. They were also known as the Atlantics in 1884, the Bridegrooms or the Grooms... What? The Ward's Wonders, the Super Bras, and the Robins. The so, Brooklyn Super Bras. The Brooklyn Super Bras, which is a great name, by the way. Wow. Um, all these names were used by like reporters and fans, but... It wasn't until 1932 that the team actually used the word Dodgers on the jersey. And then mm-hmm. in 1933, they put it on both their road and away jerseys, and then that was sort of when they became the Dodgers, became the Dodgers colloquially. Like, colloquially. Yeah. Uh, this is kind of a... I'll try and run this down, right? So they were owned by a businessman named Walter O'Malley. Uh, Los Angeles officials were at the 1956 World Series looking to bring a team to Los Angeles. In their minds, it was going to be the Washington Senators who would become the Minnesota Twins in 1961. At the same time, O'Malley's mad because New York's not letting him build a place in Brooklyn. They want him to move to the site in Queens that would eventually become uh, the Mets Stadium, right? right? 
because of this, O'Malley agrees to move the team to Los Angeles, but Los An- but they won't do it unless they can find another team willing to move out to West because they don't want to have just There's one team one. out there. <coughs> so Turn- they, get, they swing two. Turns out the uh, the New York Giants were also struggling with the city of New York about potential places wow. to play because yeah. they were arguing about the polo grounds. Yeah. So in one fell swoop, the Dodgers and the Giants moved to Los Angeles in 1957 all at once. What do they call that too? It has like a day or or like a it has like a term. There's probably a term. Well, there was a movie in 2007 called Brooklyn Dodgers: The Ghosts of Flatbush, which is all about this. So if you want any more information about this. Uh, let me ask you, this is a theoretical question for you, Kevin, since we're Yankee fans. Great. We grew up Yankee fans, not knowing of any other real, like, I didn't want to root for the Mets. I did. I had another team for the Yankees. Did you? Yeah. Were you a Braves fan? Mariners. Mariners. Griffey. In a theoretical... A con- that makes sense. Greatest. Theoretical conversation. Could you have been talked into rooting for the Brooklyn Dodgers over the New York Yankees from an aesthetic... Like argue, I kind of like the idea of the Brooklyn Dodgers as a team if they still existed. In if New York. the Brooklyn Dodgers were, yeah, I mean, as successful now as they were in Brooklyn, I mean, I could, I wasn't really talked into being a Yankees fan. Yeah, yeah. you know, it just happened. It like if they, if the Brooklyn Dodgers were, if the Brooklyn Dodgers had had Derek Jeter in 1996 when I was turning yeah. 12 years old, then yeah. I would have liked that team. You know what I mean? Well, they would have to be successful. Yeah, nobody nobody, too, right? nobody, ever pitched mm. me on the Yankees. Yeah. It just happened. The Mets I mean? are the little... The Mets are just newer, but also yeah. lesser successful too, right? So, like, when you're looking at these... If the Dodgers are just, like, the freaking... I don't know, Royals this year, you're just like, yeah, whatever. The closest thing I can think of is when uh, the Brook- when the New Jersey Nets, when I was living in New York, the yeah. Nets moved to Brooklyn. And there was a lot of conversation in around the city between basketball fans about, like, who's... Are we going to root for the Nets? Do we like this yeah. team? Well, and it's because the Knicks are trash. Because the Knicks have yeah. been bad for the a Knicks long have time. Been a dumpster yeah. fire for two decades. Yeah, and that's I, a lesser legacy for the Nets, though, too. I think. I mean, I, I had looked, no legacy anyway. That's what yeah. I mean. From the ABA to the NBA type of deal, the Knicks are rooted there. That's like, yeah, yeah. Uh, but it, it, I kind of looked at the Nets initially. I was like, do I? I live in Brooklyn. It's kind of yeah. close to my house. Yeah. Brooklyn. If, do if, I? If a team moved back to Brooklyn, like if the Dodgers somehow moved back and became the Brooklyn Dodgers, yes, the people of Brooklyn would eat it up. Yeah. Eat it up. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, um, that's fair. Yeah. I mean, there was a time when the Dodgers and like they were the teams of New York too. So I yeah, mean, for who's sure. To say if they didn't leave, if there mm-hmm. ever would have been this, you know, Yankees moving into sure. a market share too. Who knows? Mm-hmm. You know. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to 2008. We're gonna jump all the way up on this day, 2008. Spotify, a media service provider, is founded uh, and launched. Uh, Streaming audio service provides music and podcasts from record labels uh, and media companies. It is a freemium service, so you can get it for free, uh, or you can pay for uh, more things like additional features, streaming quality. Kevin, are you a Spotify guy still? Yes. You pay for it, or do you use the free service? Oh, I pay. You pay for it? It's the best $9 I spend every month. No ads. No ads. No ads, no anything. It's, yeah. It's all the music and, like, it's literally 95, 90 95% of all the music I ever want to listen to, plus mm-hmm. podcasts, and it's all there and organized, yeah. easily searchable, the are building playlistable, right everything. Yeah. yeah, yeah, it's just, it's, I don't, I don't need anything else. Happy to spend that Hulu nine bucks. comes with it. If you do, like, a combo deal, I think you can get Hulu thrown in all for the same price. If you look into it, I think you can yeah, get free Hulu too. right now. I think you I can. Too. Or maybe with my Amazon, too, or something. Yeah, no. I do have Amazon. They're pay- because I think that's what I'm doing right now. No, I think Hulu you're right about and, that. I got to take Hulu a look at that. Because uh, you're right, because I pay, yeah. Unlike physical or download sales, which pay artists a fixed price per song or album, Spotify does a system where they pay you royalties based on like your proportion of songs streamed. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, this has gotten some controversy from people in the past, uh, most notably like Taylor Swift and Tom York have talked kind of negatively about Spotify. 
Although I, as a guy who used to think of myself as a musician, I kind of wonder, I don't even know what fair compensation looks like for a song streaming on the internet in 2019. Mm. Like, I don't know, like, how much... If I had a song that someone listened to on the internet, I, what am I charging for? A penny? I don't know. I, mean, I don't... Just listen to my song, I suppose. We gotta think about it too, like <clears throat> the way it's used in bars in the office place. Mm-hmm. Are people choosing to listen to that Taylor Swift song specifically? Like, if I go on Spotify to listen to Taylor Swift, I see where there should be a metric she should be paid. If it's just a playlist where it's like background noise at a bar, that's not like you could put any song in there, then, right? You know, well, that's, what why I mean? they like, that's why I mean. That's what I mean. Like, um, it's, it depends on who wants it. And, and well, it's way. also I think it's also tough from artist to artist. You know how long you've been in the business? Because if you look yeah. at somebody like you know. Taylor Swift it's not like Taylor Swift's like oh I'm not making as much potential money she's like I'm making less money than I used to off right. of this because I've been in the game for long enough for like this is you know so when you listen to it with somebody like that or even like an older band like I know bands like uh, U2 the Beatles Estate uh, Tool you know all these yep. different bands have been for a long time been like nah I'm not really messing with it we're not even we're not going on or Radiohead wasn't on Spotify for a while mm-hmm. way back in the day and I love Radiohead it's my favorite band so for a lot of these guys I can see where like well, we don't want to take this cut but if the cut's coming one way or another yeah. you just got you got to make your money in a different way you know what I mean yeah and there's still touring is still the ultimate way to make well, tour, money touring now more than ever yeah because record sales plays, used to make you money the streaming plays right into it though too it's like it's great to have that platform to sell concert tickets and like it should what you take as a loss for the streaming thing you're making so much money but back I'm, on a concert ticket but I'm saying that, that I'm in. saying that people that I think have been around for a long time are now mad they used to make passive Way, money off yeah. record sales yeah like you used to get like Extra you know, source. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Like when you know, yeah. when somebody like, you know, somebody came out with, you know, a big hit record like Pearl Jam when Ten came out in nineteen ninety one, they made money because people were buying CDs and tapes of ten and they'd just get a check. Yeah. And that check's not coming. So guys it's who've gone. been at it for a long time, Paul McCartney's like, yeah. Hey, where's hey, where's that? my money? <clears throat> it's like a Where's my money? I don't want to go out it's like of the a road. Where's my somebody. money? Yeah, yeah, it's like yeah. a retirement fund for some And so and you've gotta I mean, what it really comes down to, I think, when you figure out what's fair is who's making money then? Because if Spotify is making a ton of money off having Taylor Swift on their platform, right. and she's getting pennies per play, then yeah, she you can make a beef about making more money. You it know almost, what I mean? So who's where? Where is the money? It then? feels like a cable provider thing. We were just saying with Fox and Dish Network, you probably have to have individual contracts with these providers or these artists that mm-hmm. you know instead of covering everything as a blanket, you might have to pay Taylor Swift more because she's Taylor Swift because her marketability brings a whole other. Well, because people probably right? listen to Taylor Swift songs at a higher proportion right, than they listen right. to. So I could see them starting the Vampire Weekend songs, yeah. yeah, or even like you know even going further like bands that don't have hits. Yeah. Sure, right. You know. And there's not. 90% of people who, who just are so happy to have their stuff on Taylor Swift should Spotify. be getting the same percentage as the hives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, and on this date, 2017, we won't do the detail, uh, Thor Ragnarok uh, premieres in Los Angeles, California. It's still on Netflix. Watch it. Uh, again, turn off the podcast. If what you haven't the, seen it, go what was watch the South, South Park line the other day is just you're there to look pretty and do something like that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I would say that of all the Marvel movies that have come out in the last like five to ten years, this is the one I have watched the most. I think it's the funniest. I think it's hilarious. We've talked about it ad nauseum on this podcast. Yeah, they turned it into a comedy, so it's not like just an obnoxious so comic funny. Book movie. Um, I just want you to share. I want to share this take with you guys. Uh, this is Martin Scorsese uh, during a panel uh, with Empire while talking about The Irishman. He was asked specifically about Marvel movies, uh, and this was his response. I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest I can think of them uh, are as, mel- as well made as they are with actors doing the best they can under thir- circumstances is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. 
Unquote. Mm. What are your thoughts on this take from Martin Scorsese not enjoying the Marvel I thought you were calling movie? that a Justin Parkinson quote. It does sound like a Justin Parkinson quote. I'm actually kind of glad that no, you're... I mean, it's spot on. Scorsese's like 80 years old. Mm. Same reason that I'm sure that Paul McCartney doesn't go to like EDC in Las Vegas or something. You know, to watch... Maybe he did, but you know what I mean? like, It's the same thing where like, I can understand where, you know, Bob Dylan's not at, uh, you know, Dylan Francis' show. Yeah, right. I don't think that... You would think, though, that, like, as a filmmaker, though, you would still be able to find something nice to say about, like... Well, he the... didn't say anything bad, yeah, but he yeah. made the point. Because, yeah. like, yeah, I'm a filmmaker. These guys aren't necessarily <laughs> filmmakers in that way. Like, this is not cinema as and I was, understand it to be. And he was asked, right? It's not like yeah. he's out there attacking it because his movie can't get played yeah, yeah. into a movie theater. 100%. You know what I mean? Like, he's hey, not on a Twitter is... rant. <laughs> he's like, you know, I tried. People are going to see him, but this is not cinema yeah, as so I understand what it. He you know what I mean? Yeah. Uh, James Gunn, the director of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies, responded to this. I actually thought it was pretty magnanimous. He's like, Martin Scorsese is one of my five favorite living filmmakers. I was outraged when people picketed The Last Temptation of Christ without having seen the film. I'm saddened that he's now judging my films in the same way. Although I don't think that he's judging his films by saying that. No, it's not. That's a... Yeah. Uh, but he also said squid statement. Yeah. saying uh, you won't watch it and saying that's a bit those are two different things. Like yeah. I, it's just I'm not seeing it versus like, I hate it. it yeah. He's not critiquing. He's just saying I would. And that was the thing he said. I tried. Yeah. It's just not you know. It's not what I not what I'm here for. And I'm in the same boat. Like I've no, tried. I've believe seen it or not, movies. young people and very old people don't see the world the same way. <laughs> I do with him though. Like I'm the same way though. Where like I've I've seen well, right. enough superhero movies. It's just not my. Th- I prefer a mm. certain style of. I would yeah, rather sure. watch a Tarantino Scorsese movie than any Marvel movie. That's just my own preference. Mm-hmm. I think they are different in the way that they're made. Uh, so, let's. Uh, I want to bring up one news story to you guys before we do the the mailbag questions from other blogs. But it's a story that sort of was on the internet, and I'm curious if you guys caught it before I talk about it. Have you seen uh, the Glenn Livet uh, Scotch Tide Pods that have made their way around the internet this week? Uh, this has been the big talking point of, uh, of Twitter for the last few days. The Glenlivet Capsule Collection, which is only available in the UK, unfortunately. Because for as mad as it makes me that this exists, and it's not... Why does it make you mad? Because I just love Glenlivet so much. It's my favorite. I wish it was any other scotch company doing this sort of, like, gimmicky, uh, they, marketing you don't thing. don't think they need to do it? No, <laughs> I don't think this. they need to do it. I think they're above <laughs> it. I think they're... This could be any... This could be Cuddy Sark. Why isn't Cuddy Sark doing this? Like, couldn't it be some other company that makes scotch? Oh, whatever. Uh, I would say, though, if we could get him in the U.S., I would test them on the podcast just yeah, for content's sake. What do you mean? It's Glenn Livet. It's nice stuff. Pods, Inside of a weird sponsorship for the gusher podcast. pod. That the you liquid is still like a liquid. gusher. A scotch mean? gusher. I hate it so much. Gusher is for adults. I don't like it. I think you should have to like drop it in like in It's a marketing gimmick. And it dissolves <laughs> would be different than just No, nah, because the pod. you can't have the it's dissolved weird. plastic That's weird. It's a gimmick. They're going to produce a small run of these because we never talked about Glenn Livett before on this podcast. That's now true. here we are talking about That's Glenn true. Livett. That's true. Marketing department. <sighs> they can't cause that much to make if they Engineer fail. Engineer controlled <laughs> backlash. I don't like it. <laughs> you would have one, though. I got to I got to look at it. I got to look at it. No, I can't, I can't do this. Do this is where I draw the line. <laughs> All right, let's I'm drawing the line about what I put it's in like, my mind. It's like the it's like the new vaping. Here's where it is. It's like the new vaping of drinking is potting. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's do a couple let's do a quick couple of mailbag questions from other mailbags and we'll call it a day. Uh, can you guys rank the uh, I guess not rank, come up with the best alternatives for calling someone dude? 
What are your, I'll give you guys a couple. You say yay or nay. You guys like bro? No. No? It's been co-opted. Co-opted? Co-opted. What about bud? What's up, bud? Eh, bud's too sarcastic. That has to be more of like, um... That's more... I don't know. My mom calls me that. That seems a little bit more intimate if you're calling well, it's somebody like, It's like old-fashioned. How about buddy? What's up there, buddy? It's a little... That's, that's a little aggressive. I feel, like, I feel like you're going to try you to scam me. You don't say that to an adult. Maybe I feel like you're going to try to borrow money if you call me buddy. How about pal? Hey, buddy. What's up, pal? Pal's funny. Pal's yeah, funny. Pal. You can't use buddy. pal all the time, but like I use... Use pal in a sarcastic context with some people in my life. I'll hit you with a couple that sort of go in the same line. Boss, man... Boss man, guy, <laughs> boss, and big guy. Man, boss man, man boss. <laughs> yeah. It's usually if you forget someone's name, right? Like I say the boss only a lot. scenario where any of these terms come up is because you don't know the person's name. I use boss a lot because I have like so many kids in school, I just hit them with boss sometimes. I just use sir. Sir. I call everybody sir. Sir, sir, man. sir feels yeah, like you, you're sir. getting mad on the internet. No, Take down no. that post, sir. <laughs> no, that's why That's why if, you, if you're using it all the time and you're moving with it, it seems consistent. It's like, hey, I'm show respect to everybody. I like big guy, but I'm sure you hate big hate guy. Hate it. Hate big guy, hate I'm sure. capital H, number eight, hate it. Love big guy. <laughs> no, no good. Uh, yeah, I know. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> it's like, thank you. <laughs> same time when he says, like, hey, big guy, I'm like, yeah, I know. Thanks. Uh, any other ones that I missed that you guys use anytime? I kind of say, I say brother, but that one is a tough one to get along all the time. Was good, brother? I don't, really, I don't use a lot of, I don't know. I don't know. Chief? You see, we say chief in there? Hey there, chief. Yeah, it probably would just be man, I guess. Sport. What's up, man? What's up, man? Hey, man. Uh, all right. You guys want to move on to the next one? You ready? Yeah. All right. This, this is an interesting one. If the band... Finally. <laughs> if the band Live were formed in the internet era, would they have to come up with a different name as far as SEO goes? <laughs> oh, like, man, yeah. In terms of type... <laughs> I've had... I, I know exactly what the problem is, because if you're trying to Google them... Because I had the same thing. Like, I've always been a big fan of the band Brand New. Yeah. And that's yes. another thing where it's like... <laughs> You go to search like for some brand new stuff, yeah. and they're serving you. Hey, we got these brand new sheets Everything, for sale, yeah. Like, yeah. brand new shoes. And I'm like, no, I really just want to see like brand new music. You have to type yeah. in, yeah, yeah. With and brand new that, band. Like, <laughs> even that is like brand new music from yeah, Selena yeah. Gomez. Yeah. Well, I would, I always Spotify. go back to yeah. I always go back to like in the mid 2000s when when my buddy Adam and I were trying to come up with a name for this band we were coming up with. One of the things we had to do was like go through like Twitter and like, can we get a handle for this? Like, what kind of things are available? Is there already nineteen bands like called this thing? Yeah, web domains are tough too. And that's why I feel like you see a lot of like intentionally misspelled band names, right? Like, if if Live changed their name to L Y V E, it's terrible, terrible, intentional. Yeah, I can't. I don't know. Yeah, but at least you're easier to find, right? Just, just change the whole thing. Change the whole thing. Yeah. Change the whole thing instead of doing a, an, an intentional smart, mistake. Their domain would be livetheband.com. And then literally you just, that's what you go with. Live the band is you have everybody search that and you'll just have to hopefully kill it with those terms. With bands it's tough because I feel like you get, there's a lot of times this happens with bands. So you have to be like, you know, live band or live the band, rock yeah. the band or live New York. Yeah. You know, something, some sort of weird tag on at the 100%. end. Yeah, the word live from a Twitter We do that with the group that I'm in. We have to put like the band on like the email yeah. and yep. stuff like that. Yeah. Like the Facebook URL. We don't have a website. But, you know. yep. Luckily for us, when we were growing up, we were the only idiots dumb enough to misspell the word coercion. So it was pretty uh, easy to find. That was misspelled on purpose because it looked dumb with a C. I wasn't in the band when that happened, but I remember that happening. It, it does weirdly look dumb. Yeah, that wasn't like a, oh, we misspelled it. That was a conscious choice. But I would like point out that 
I was asked to join that band after it had the name, and I don't think I would let it fly from day one. Uh, uh, we, wrestling wise, they I spell also, things differently and, and it's horrible all the time. It's yeah. always dumb. Yeah, it's all. I was somewhere the other day and I saw they were spelling crazy with a K, and I'm like, no. It depends you where you stop. catch Rhino. It's like an a Z or at the end. Yeah. Like just put yeah. a random Z instead of an S. The core yeah. with two R's. I just, <laughs> I just, uh, I just want to, I want to make a point. I also did not name the band Coercion. I also joined the band. Look at him. No, he's like, I, I also, guys. I also. I just want to know because the truth is that once Kevin and I were in the band and we had gotten enough people into the band who were on our side, them. we changed the name. We, true. we did change the name once true. we had a uh, voting majority. It was like uh, we like stacked the courts with our guys so we could change the name. Gotta it was important. Gotta stack the courts. Uh, Heather will be back next week. Thanks again allegedly. to allegedly. Thanks again to uh, Jill Real. You can follow her at the Real Deal. You can follow Made in Utica, Justin Parkinson, at Made in Utica. And seriously, get at us. Send us DMs. Let us know if you want to be involved us, yeah. on Come Handshake. Come down on Sunday, too. We'll, we'll explain and walk you through and we'll show you more, too, we'll if you want to see it personally. We'll see you this weekend. Uh, Kevin Sullivan at underscore Kevin Sullivan. You will yeah. not see me this weekend, but you can follow me at SF Doom or do me a favor and just follow the show at Uticast. We are on Facebook, SoundCloud, Instagram, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher Podcasts. We're taking over the web. Sign our humanoids. Keep it tight. Woodstock lives. The tape machines are rolling. We are desperately out of time. We will see you next week on the Uticast. Uh... <laughs>